Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 27 of Movie Dumpster. This month we're doing something a little different here. We're doing uh, our Trick or Trash month for uh, the month of October. And uh, we also have a special guest for the first time on the show, Matt Curione. Say hello, Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Uh, So he brought us this wonderful film that we're doing today to kick it all off, American Werewolf in Paris. It's from 1997, directed by Anthony Waller. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. Hey, fuck you, Matt McGraw. And I'm the other guy. I'm Matt Curion. Hi. Welcome to the dumpster. Listen, you're not the same as you used to be. Only since I met you. Seriously, there's something I have to tell you, but you have to promise me you're not going to freak out, okay? No, I'm a rock. Okay. Um, the injury on your leg, it was not from a dog. It was... It was a werewolf. Hang on. Isn't that a little chancy? I mean, this is all the creepy things are supposed to stop the earth. It deals with demons. Demon resurrection of those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant but are never truly dead. It's Halloween, gentlemen. It's Halloween. Have you forgotten? They're coming to get you, Barbara. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to get scared. Trick or treat. This movie sucks. My God. <laughs> Oh my god. What did you do? You're welcome. <laughs> what the f- I have never seen this until today, and I just didn't have a reason to. Nor should you. The bits I saw, like, a long time ago were like, that's some buttfuck ugly CGI, no thanks. <laughs> do you guys know the history of this film? No. I, I know a little bit, but you could probably elaborate on it a lot better than I can, Joe. It started out as something way different and apparently better, obviously. Oh yeah, let me learn you real quick. Okay, so, are we all familiar with the movie Freaked? The Alex Winter movie freak. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The macaroons? Yes, the macaroons. I fucking hate macaroons. <laughs> that's what that's that's how I know that movie, but yes. <laughs> so the co-director and co-writer, uh, Tom Stern and Tim Burns, they had this idea. They come they were they're fresh off freaked, right? And they have the idea to do a sequel to American Werewolf in London. So um, they pitch it to the studio. The studio's like, fuck you. We don't want you directing it. But you can come and tell us about it anyway if you want. We definitely won't steal your idea. Yeah. So basically. Oh, no. Basically what happened was, in a nutshell was Tom and Tim fucking put together this huge uh, uh, presentation for the studio, right? And they were like. Yeah, that that's all great and everything, but uh, but uh, you, you, nobody knows who the fuck you are. Like, you, we need we need a we need a fucking director that's gonna you know make us some money. And they're like, fucking really? Like, I just poured my heart into putting all of this together and like writing this whole script, um, and putting together storyboards. They they tapped um. Tony Gardner, who worked under Rick Baker on the first movie with the werewolf effects, and they had like a whole thing they were gonna do with like the practical effects and like kind of kind of make this <laughs> homage esque type thing for like a new generation, and it was gonna be awesome and all this shit. So studio fucking fires him as the director, brings like twelve other screenwriters on, and then like 
wasn't going to pay them for their fucking script. And it, the, the, the prerequisite was like $250,000. They had like a contract just if they bought the script. Uh, so they weren't going to pay him that. Stern like uh, hires a bunch of lawyers, gets his money, and then finds out through like the Writers Guild that like 12 other people submitted drafts for this fucking movie to Oof. get it made. And the studio is like, nah, this sucks or whatever. And yeah, they end up tapping this dude, uh, well, the guy who directed it. That's a loose term. Yeah. <laughs> this Anthony Waller guy, Big money maker. Yeah, exactly. He had just directed a fucking uh, a low budget uh, film. I, I forget the name of it. Mute witness or something. Mute witness. That's what. That's what it was. And I'm like, how do you? Okay, <laughs> the guy who just directed Freaked, right? Either him or the guy who directed Mute Witness to direct a motherfucking werewolf movie? Are you crazy? Why would you do that? Uh, so it went through development hell, and basically, uh, they got a writing credit to both of them. And Tom Stern was invited to the premiere, but Tim Burns wasn't. That was kind of fucked up. He had to, like, buy a ticket to Toronto to, like, watch the fucking film. Jesus. And basically, you know, they got in there, they watched the film, and they were like, yeah, the characters' names are the same and the setting, but, like, everything else is, like, vastly, vastly different. As we'll talk about, because this movie sucks fucking balls, my goodness. You're welcome. Were a couple of the writers Shemp and Mo Howard? They might as well be. This might as well have been fucking American Pie three with a werewolf the movie just doesn't know uh what the fuck it wants to be from beginning to end the tonal shift assaults that i was forced to sit through were just really getting bothersome by the end <laughs> bothersome <laughs> and like I, i'm being soft now because I'm, I'm saving all my barbs when these moments come up but uh i will say this i'm very upset this movie didn't end with those two fuckers in the pavement the writers the writers in the fucking pavement all 12 of them <laughs> You know what? Them two in the same fall. Just push everybody off the top of the Statue of Liberty. You go, you go, you go. Maybe you can stay. Now you go. How about the fucking cigar-chomping uh, studio execs, please? Your name's gonna be up in lights, kid. Ah, we're gonna make a fucking werewolf movie. It's gonna be beautiful. Oh, Phantom Zone is one of those characters, too. He's a 150-year-old executive who's had syphilis four times who just lives on cigars. I approve. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know this movie's gonna be good. I know the kids. I've seen kids for a hundred years. Did you know I lived through four plagues? <laughs> You're gonna be in the pictures. <laughs> this movie's hip. We got Bush songs in it. We got Walking on the Sun. We got that Smash Mouth band in this. It's gonna be great. Oh, <laughs> oh the 90s. Fuck. Yeah, this movie was, was not wasting any time reminding me what year it was from. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. From from the music to the bungee jumping. <laughs> It's like it's like action park with CGI werewolves. It's not good. It's uh, I mean I've, I said this to Joe when I recommended it. I was like, hey, this is everything wrong with '90s horror. Two hours. Basically, it's, just- it's it's like they couldn't get Kevin Williamson, so they got the guy that you know cleaned Kevin Williamson's apartment. <laughs> Like well, you know, I've I don't I've never written a script, but I've seen him write scripts. Uh, I I can do it, sure. <laughs> I've held a script once. Yeah, you know, I stapled one together once. He sent me the staples. It was great. You mean this isn't a teen comedy? What are we doing? Ugh. Uh, so can I uh, try to plug Contras real fast? Go ahead, you go for it, man. So three douche nozzles uh, <laughs> go on a trip to Paris, and they're rude to everybody they meet. Um, and then they stop a girl from killing herself, and if I had known what these three were going to turn out as, I would just try harder to kill myself. Uh, surprise, she's a warwolf. Oh, she's a she's a fucking varvolf for sure. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Julie Delby. <laughs> 
I know, right? Julie, you is a werewolf. So yeah, like Connor was saying, we got these three douchebags, and one of them is Tom Everett Scott, and I don't think he's ever been in anything else except like Dead Man on Campus. Oh yeah. I thought I thought he was someone you get when Chris O'Donnell says no. <laughs> Which doesn't happen that often. That's why you don't see this guy. <laughs> so I forgot my suit, all right? So these guys are dare... They, they call themselves the daredevil. They go on like this daredevil tour or whatever. Apparently. It's mentioned twice. They're like thrill seekers or something. And they they like st- score each other and give themselves like daredevil points or some stupid shit like that. Oh, no, they, no, no. They give each other sex points specifically. That too. It's more about, it's more about how many people they can fuck than it is about like jumping like bungee jumping because that's what they do as one does yes and what and why are we bungee jumping in this movie because it's the 90s come on it's fucking come on if i lived in europe and i saw i watched this movie i would just detest america oh well that's clearly the joke throughout the whole movie we are painted as like the most egomaniacal psychotic assholes who have ever walked yeah. the planet to these people <laughs> pretty much they're the stereotypical ugly american oh yeah just you know done without any any subtlety no not not a lick of it and, you know and this movie opens in such a such a way that like the rest of the movie does not follow up on it has like this kind of eerie uh, music playing as like you get this uh, fly through of the city and some of like the uh, older buildings and rains coming down you get this i'll say it, it looks kind of cool font for the logo and you get this uh, this weird fucking Jurassic Park ass scene. <laughs> <laughs> this guy comes out of a fucking manhole. Shooter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, 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 I don't know. It's a really badly put together quote unquote chase sequence where thrown between rainy exterior where a guy in a lab coat is running going help me, and then you're you're thrown back inside of an opera house where you're just you're as the camera you're forced to just ride along a row of people's mouths i actually forgot about the opera house fuck these cuts are so fucking poor this this whole sequence is poor but like like sean was saying the tonality of this opening shot is we don't ever come back to it it's nope. never there right. again it was like look it's a horror movie nope gotcha kick up the fucking fart ska because that's what we're doing next well the, well the scientist or what have you i guess you just are imp- supposed to know he's a scientist because he's got a fucking lab coat on <laughs> i guess why does he have a lab coat like i know like later in the movie we we understand where this guy was coming from but like right i don't know do doctors like walk around their homes in their lab coats Dude, let me tell you something. The doctors I work with don't even put lab coats on when they're not seeing rooms, okay? They're they're <laughs> uncomfortable. Yes, this movie is uncomfortable. So Dr. Labcoat is running, and he sees a, uh, a cab. He flags it down, and then we cut to some POV nonsense from underground where everything's yellow. I don't know why. That really must be a bitch to see. Monster vision. It's predator vision without any into, like, like intuitiveness whatsoever. No, it's just go- it's just a gold filter with a fish eye. Like, hey, look, look, it's the it's the werewolves. This is the werewolf vision. Do you get it yet? Here it comes. How are werewolves not consistently just bumping into things if that's what they all see? I mean, to be fair, or, I don't know. To be fair is maybe the wrong word. They they kind of imply later in the movie that it's like a heat scanner, but they never make any good with it. What are you? Where the fuck did you pull that out of? <laughs> I, miss, I missed that one. That's what I. That's the way I saw it. It looked like he was like scanning for fucking body heat or some shit. Nope. Nope. That's canon. That's official now. Are you serious? What is this, Tremors? That's what I thought. Did you read the lore book? What what is this? (laughs) Nah. I guess I was reading too much into that one. That was in the old script. Some fantastic headcanon. And besides, they're not really actually werewolves. I don't even know what these fucking things are. No, they're werewolves straight up, man. These are not werewolves. These are one, mutated cats... 
or two, they are horses with birth defects. If Rawhead Rex dipped into a fucking lion, this is this is what's <laughs> happening here. And they all look terrible, and there's not a single practical one to be found. The only reason I was going to say that I think that they actually are werewolves is, you know, you know, they get into it a little bit later, but they have the whole thing where werewolves eat, you know, the heart of humans and all that kind of shit, which is like deep, you know, old school werewolf lore. But other than that, they look nothing like werewolves other than they have fur and they're creepy. Not really. I mean, are they creepy? Eh, they're creepy for the wrong reasons. I mean, I, I couldn't really ever clearly see one, so I couldn't tell you. Uh, We get a few close-ups of these things, and they look even shittier uh, when they're in the light. They look like PlayStation 1 uh, cutscenes. We'll talk about the hard thing later. Okay, fair enough. So Tom Everett Scott's on a, on a train with his other buddies, and they're going to Paris to fucking uh, bungee jump off the Eiffel Tower because they're on a daredevil tour. Cool, bro. And then um, these guys are sitting on the train and they're like, and the dialogue in this movie is so fucking appalling. Like, it's if they're not making like sex jokes or like, hey man, let's go, let's go get some bitches or whatever. It's you know we're t- we're talking about some fucking janky ass like werewolf lore that just never adds up to anything or like makes sense. I was surprised that in the background, very subtly, like "Damn It" by Blink One Eighty Two wasn't playing. <laughs> hey, European girls are sophisticated. Hey, I'll give you twenty five Daredevil points if you try to get her number. High five. Fist bump. I'm gonna do a nine hundred off this train. Extreme sports. <laughs> So, so they make it to the Eiffel Tower and they they hang out like in an elevator like after after hours and then they scale this fucking thing like the Ghostbusters. They're just like, where did these stairs go? They go up. I, I have to make a note on that. The fucking Eiffel Tower does not shut down at night. That fucking thing is is fucking blazing bright. All night, it's, it's yeah. And when they shut it down, they don't just like all go home. like I'm. The elevator shuts down. I've been. It closes down. Yeah, but did they fucking like turn the power off to the whole fucking tower? No, they leave the the lights on, but they like lock the gate and everything. You can't really get up. I believe that, but like, there's no guards in this fucking place at all. Well, there should be. This was this was their day off. I was gonna say it's the Eiffel Tower. I imagine it would just have a little more security or like cameras. Like we're not in the fucking dark ages here. There's there's some fat Frenchman looking at these cameras to see if anybody's up there. A single security guard would have heard all the racket these yahoos were making on the way up to the fucking top anyway. Bang 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 bang. Whoa, bro. Ugh. Then uh, so we get to the top and then like the other two guys are like kicking it, like trying to drink a bottle of champagne or some shit. And Tom Everett Scott's doing fucking math equations. He's like. Oh yeah, well the airspeed velocity of an African swallow is is kind of the similar to an unladen swallow, and he's like trying to like calculate this to jump off this fucking tower, right? So uh, he sets up his bungee cord. In what world do you tie a bungee cord to yourself before? You secure it to something. Movie world. This guy's ready to go with the fucking cord and everything, but he doesn't tie himself off. So they're like, oh my God, wait, did you hear that? Somebody's coming up the stairs. And where was she hiding? Yeah, really. Because I know she didn't get those stairs in the time it was taking for them to listen. They would have heard her the entire time. Unless I'm just incredibly confused. Is that the same woman from the train that he hits on? No. No. This one's famous. (laughs) American werewolf on a train. To Busan. (laughs) So... We're introduced to the the main heroine, Seraphine, and she comes up and, and she's unaware that they're there and they're trying to hide or whatever. And she 
like puts a note in like the the breast part of her shirt and she's about to jump over the edge and Tom Everett's guy's like no wait what are you doing you don't want to do that uh, I love you or whatever <laughs> damn it I was just <laughs> I was right there <laughs> so he's like it's not worth it nothing's that bad and I'm like dude first of all you have no idea who this fucking woman is or what she's been through or, or what have you like I, I see what you're trying to do here but like I don't know it's kind of stupid so she ends up jumping off, and this fucking guy jumps right over the balcony. Yeah, he thinks he's motherfucking Batman. Yeah, but, like, he's not tied off. His bungee's not tied off. Like, he knows he's not, right? He's like, I guess I'll go down with you. So he's just going to jump over the railing and grab this chick. Uh, and then his buddies, like, are like, oh, no, dude, the, the, the bungee's not tied up. So they grab it, and then they catch him, and they bungee. And it's hard for the two of them to even hold the, this guy and this chick. So apparently he makes it so far down that he can just, like, drop her at the ground. Like, it's that low, and she's, like, totally fine. It's like four, he, like, he, he like bungees, like, four feet from the ground, which I don't think, um... I mean, he did work out the math. I don't think your bungee cord is supposed to allow you to go that far in case it decided to let you go a little further. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that, right? It's not supposed to go that far down. You're not supposed to be in reaching distance of the thing that can kill you. I don't know. I never bungee jumped before, so I don't fucking know. Neither neither have I, and neither will I. But he grabs her fucking shoe, and then we have, like, a Cinderella thing going on here, some kind of psychotic Cinderella thing, and he's like, oh, I got a shoe, and he's, like, smelling it, and then he fucking, the bungee goes up. Yeah, yeah, uh, this guy's fucking dead. Like, come on. He's fucking dead! Yeah, roll credits. He came up and bashed his head against some, like, ceiling? Rafter? Support beam. Support beam? Whatever. At probably, like, 35, 40 miles an hour. Maybe even faster. And his head should be a fucking pancake. He should be a corpse. Yeah. That is an iron beam. He's got a fucking split. He's got the, the Grand Canyon is in his fucking head. His brains are all over the place. Remember that dude from uh, Hot Fuzz who gets the piece of, uh, what is it, like the fucking corner of the castle fall through his head? Oh, God. Oh, yes. That. That is what should have happened to this guy on impact. But no, he just he's, he just bumps his head. <laughs> a light tap. A light tap. Yeah, he wakes up in the hospital the next day with like, all right. Cartoon bandages. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I work in an animal hospital, but it. I'm still a medical professional. I'm like, you have to kind of know how to bandage. What the fuck was this even doing? Was it was it like that little that you know? Remember the old cartoons where they occasionally get that old fucking dog coming out with the liquor bottle? Did what did he have a toothache from 1935? Like what the fuck? Yes, he did. He's wrapped up like fucking Dark Man. Where's his neck brace? <laughs> <laughs> this man has fucking neck problems. Okay. And head problems. I didn't even think about the the uh, the compression injuries he might have sustained. Uh, you are concussed, by the way. So let's just say hypothetically, this guy's brains aren't all over the side of the fucking Eiffel Tower. Okay, let's just hypothesize real quick. This motherfucker is in a coma. Almost, I, I would say indefinitely for years, uh, years, weeks. Nope. Hours. No, about 20 minutes. 20 minute coma. That's fine. He wakes up faster than fucking Paul Walker and Tammy and the T-Rex. He is fucking ready to go. <laughs> he's ready to take on the world. So he sits up. He's like, oh, where's that beautiful woman I fell in love with? And you're like, what are you talking about, dude? You're crazy, man. You ready to fucking go do some weird shit or whatever? We're in France. <laughs> and he's like, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I, I'm, I'm not going to. I don't need to sit. I don't need to stay in bed or anything. I don't need medication or like a stay. I don't need anything. I don't need a call button. I don't need anything. I'm just gonna lay in this bed with this gown and this bandage, and I'll be fine. Nurses, fuck that. And the guys, like, brought the shoe, right? So, 
Tom Everett Scott like took the shoe off this woman, and he's like, "We got we got her shoe," and he's like, "Oh, you must be a prince now with your Cinderella." <laughs> Another question with this hospital: Why did they bring him to the hospital from like Hellraiser Two? Like this looks like a fucking Civil War hospital. <laughs> I was thinking that the whole fucking time. What the fuck? It looks like the medical room in fucking Harry Potter when they're fucking sitting in those fucking beds. It looks, I'm like, where's all the tech that should be available to these people? <laughs> it looks like a hostel. Why isn't he in his own room? Yeah, what the, like communal patients? Like, what the fuck is that about? With no, like, with no, like, privacy screen or anything? That's like he drank too much or had an anxiety attack or, like, broke his toe. Like, he had... Head trauma. He should be hooked up to a bunch of devices. But the first person that's going to talk to him are the fucking cops. He was trespassing. Like, how did they get him out of there? You know, I, I, I just solved it. As I'm sitting here listening to this back and forth, I realize how he survived. Oh? When he, right as his head was about to hit that beam, a portal opened <laughs> above the beam, oh, no. and, he, and, he, and he popped out in, in, you know, old fucking Switzerland, and then John Hurt ran him over, and that's how he got the concussion. Is this how these fucking werewolf men got into fucking Paris in the first place? I let them in. Come on in. We're having a party. He's like, ah, oh, damn, the portal was open too long. They stuck out. I can't, I'm going to have to tell Frankenstein all about this. Have you ever seen that movie, Van Helsing? I theorize that this this movie was the real-world effect of Dr. Buchanan's Doomsday Advice, <laughs> creating a sequel to American Werewolf in London in the first place. Ah, oh, fuck John Landis. I'm going to do it better. Here we go. By the way, earlier when you said that they wanted a hotshot money-making direct, money director and told those guys to leave, what did they say? Like, go away, we'll wait till John Landis' son gets old enough to be terrible. <laughs> Like, why aren't we tapping John Lannis to do this in the first place? Was this before or after Twilight Zone? Way after. Oh, yeah, way after. Yeah. Oh, that, well, that's why. <laughs> he had killed those people like 25 years before this. R.I.P. Vic Morrow, but was it his fault? Uh, yeah. Gray area? It's He was uh, he was charged with, I think, manslaughter, but, like, not murder. Yeah, we talked about this on one of my podcasts, the Spielberg one, and, uh, yeah, he had really unsafe working conditions on that movie. Like, he, like, people on the, on the production were like, maybe you should, like, rethink how you're gonna do this. He's like, no, no, more wind, more wind, I need more storms, and that helicopter went down because of it, and killed Vic Morrow and two children. Yeah, those children were on set past their, uh, like, what time child labor laws would allow. John Landis should have gone to prison for a long time. Holy shit, I never knew that. Yeah, like, for a very, very he should have been in jail for a very long time. And I, and I like John Landis, but now I don't know how I feel about him. I didn't realize he facilitated it. Like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was just like a freak accident. Nope. It's like finding out Matthew Broderick killed that guy in that car accident. Oh, Jesus. He was pushing for that scene. And uh, the reason I wish he had gone to jail is because when he when the trial had ended, uh, Max Landis was born. <laughs> so if John Landis were in prison, that wouldn't have happened. We would he wouldn't have existed. <laughs> yeah, I changed my mind, John Landis, when I heard that there was it was implied that he has been assisting in covering up some of the nastier shit that Max has done. Mm -hmm. Oh, indeed. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, also, Max wants to remake his father's movie. Yeah. And I'm like, stay away from it. Just stop it. No, don't do that. That's bad. It'll be about where Touch werewolves anything. are treated like black people. What? Ah, uh, uh, Pax Mandis. Stop. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, where the fuck are we in this stupid movie? So, it's, he's in the hospital, and he's waking up, and his friends are like, We got her shoe, brah! Yeah, and he's like, Wait a minute. I gotta find her. I love her. And they're like, How are you gonna do that, man? He's like, I know. She had a note. Did you get the note? They're like, No. He's like, All right, well, go find the note. I'll be here. So, they so they leave, and then Forrest Gump hands him a fucking ice cream and a urinal. Oh, wait. 
Wrong movie. Was this when fucking Smash Mouth kicked in and I really yes. wanted to kill this movie? Why is this here? Because they felt like walking on the sun. Ugh. There is a montage of these fucking two idiots going around the park in front of the Eiffel Tower to find the suicide note that Seraphine has dropped. And it's all orchestrated by walking on the sun. I mean, they should have checked her pocket where she kept her extra teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Why the fuck is this here, though? Like, we cut right from the thing. Like, it's so, everything's moving so fast at this point. And it's just like, go get the thing. And they're like, ah, okay. And then it's just like a bunch of, like, slapstick gags of them, like, looking over people's shoulders and shit. Like, going through the trash for this thing. This was, I think, didn't this give us our second uh, gratuitous up-close cleavage shot of the movie? Oh, yeah. We're, We're loving that fucking boobage because we're like, hey, there's some boobs. Look at that. Look down the shirt. Is that this director's like specific kink? Because it happens way too often to be a coincidence. No, Connor, because it's fucking hilarious. I'm slapping my fucking knee every time I see it. I'm like, man, this is fucking quality comedy. It is. It is very Quentin Feet esque. Uh, yeah, boobs. Go figure. So then it cuts back to Tom Everett Scott, and he's like in the hospital, and he like sees Seraphine, right? And you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, she's. This is a dream, right? Obviously. So he gets up and he like goes after Seraphine. She's wearing like a like a nurse outfit, so she's like a nurse there or something. And uh he walks out and he's chasing her. He's like, "Hey, where you, where you going?" He's like, "I got your shoe. Marry me." And that's an actual line he says, and I'm like, this has got to be a dream. So he turns around, and she has, like, a, a bag with, like, a heart in it. And then and then from behind him, like, a door swings open and hits him in the back of his concussed fucking head. Yeah, now he's double dead. Yeah, Larry Fine wrote that scene. <laughs> Paging Dr. Howard, Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine. So this Frenchman comes out, and he's, like, performing heart surgery? Hold on. Yeah, this doctor comes out and quips. Yeah. That, that woman, she stole my heart. I'm like, are you making jokes when you're in the middle of surgery and that woman has stolen the organ you need to keep this person alive? Hey, I mean, when you're doing life-threatening surgery, you gotta have some levity every <laughs> once in a while. You can't be all doom and gloom. Everett Scott is yucking it up like, yeah, man, I know the feeling. <laughs> I, have her, I have her shoe. Wanna smell it? So then, yeah, she turns and runs away, and then his two friends... uh, uh in a very uh, Lois Lane, Batman vs. Superman teleporting move, just appear just left and right yeah. and uh, tell him, like, we found the note, bro, now we can take the note and your creepy shoe and go find her. Yeah. What are we doing? Like, she was actually there with the heart, okay? And these guys show up, and you're like, wait, this has got to be, like, snap out of it or whatever. And it's like, nah, man, it's cool. We got the note. And I'm like, where the fuck did you find that shit? How? How? It fell out of the heart bag. <laughs> yeah, it fell out of the heart bag. <laughs> so... So they go to her house? Is her address on this note? Yeah, how the fuck did this get put together? Probably. If you find my body, deliver it to this address. Thank you. (laughs) Who's there to receive it? Cloud. Nobody. (laughs) Cloud. Cloud. (laughs) Hi, I love Americans. Come, I want to show you. I love the American boy. Is this Uwe? (laughs) Oh, shit. I went to German by accident. Yes, I love the American boys. I will I will cast them in my my movie about House of the Dead. Oh my god, now I cannot picture Claude without picturing Uwe Boll. No, he talks like this. He's like, oh, I love those Americans. They're the best. Is he fucking Peter Lorre? What is this? <laughs> Christopher Lambert. <laughs> oh yes, come inside, Americans. Welcome to my werewolf movie. Welcome to my Club of the Moon. I mean Club de Lune. I mean Slaughtered Lamb. Hello. 
Remember that other movie? Remember that better movie I was in that wasn't the second Mortal Kombat? So we go to Seraphine's house, and Top Ever Scott's like, Hey, uh, hey, hey, what's up? What's up? Remember me? Remember that? I'm the guy with the shoe. Look, look. Remember the thing? Remember the bungee jumping? And she's like, uh, I have to go. Someone's dying in here. And he's like, no, wait. We, I need to, we need to go on a date. And she's like, no, really, I'm good. And he's like, come on, please. And she's like, look, I really need to go. It's not going to work. Please, really, I got to <laughs> do this before the daredevil points. And then she's like, all right, fine. I'll go out with you. And he's like, oh, my God, really? Thank you. She's like, I can't go out with you. I'll be at my own funeral and shoots herself in the head. Also, also, werewolf or not, any sane woman on the planet would go, I'm calling the police. Yeah, she, he's like forcibly trying to get this woman to go out with him, right? He's begging to die. I love a protagonist who begs to die <laughs> and doesn't realize it. Who's just haplessly rolling the dice. Let's have fun, guys. Come on. Go on a date. Yeah. We'll get a croissant. It'll be great. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Friendship. Here we go. Like... This is the point of the movie where, like, she should have taken him out and then, like, eaten him, and then we just, like, shift to a different protagonist. Yeah. You're not kidding. If only. They should have pulled the psycho. Thanks, Tom, for getting asses in seats, I guess. Uh, so they go on a date, and, like, th- his buddy's like, no, man, French babes love macho shit. Put on this jacket and these sunglasses and this hat. Put on this windbreaker. Now you look good. He looks like a fucking rapist. Like, he looks like he's about to abduct somebody. <laughs> Here, put on this tracksuit. Yeah. Looks like a fucking dork. You look great. <laughs> look shady as fuck. Now shave the middle of your head. Make it look like you're balding. Yeah. You know what he looks like? He looks like fucking Max from Hocus Pocus when he's doing that uh, routine in the school. <laughs> I'm a rap singer. Yeah. For your information, he's a little leaguer, okay? So she sees him in this bad track jacket, these sunglasses and hat, just to really paint the picture for you guys. And who wouldn't be turned on? <laughs> she almost drives right past him. She's like, oh, I did not recognize you in your stupid costume. Look, I think her bar is really low. Clearly. I don't think the werewolf is getting many dates, right? Yeah. They they go to a cafe and reenact the scene from Spider-Man 2. <laughs> And this fucking guy, again, like, I hate to keep making the Three Stooges jokes, but it's like every other scene is like, kind of serious scene, really off the wall scene. Kind of serious scene, really off the wall scene. And guess what, folks? This is one of the really off the wall scenes. There are visual gags out the ass in this scene. If you like bad physical comedy, this movie's for you. Oh, that that fucking thing with the condom? Oh my god. I thought I was watching Coneheads for a second. Chewing gum? Yeah, the guy's like, oh, you ever see that movie Coneheads? Yeah, right. (laughs) Let's make it chewing gum. It's an American thing. You wouldn't understand, you stupid French bitch. Uh, so he's awkward as hell. Spilling his coffee all over the place. Yeah, he, fr- first of all, he vehemently overreacts to, he's like, so what What do your parents do? They're dead. <laughs> and f- <laughs> fires coffee all over the goddamn table. Spit take times a thousand. Yeah. It's like he mouth beamed all over the fucking table. Um, and then somehow, some way, he goes to wipe his mouth and, uh, he lifts a napkin up that has lines written on it for his from his friends who were sitting 10 feet away at a table yeah and what do these lines say clue clue me in i i think it was just about the parents that's it there was one line anybody remember what that fucking napkin says nope i didn't write it down i was just so appalled by what was happening it says 20 daredevil points if you boink it at night oh (laughs) i did not see that boink the word boink is used Like it's going out of fucking style in this movie. Hey, man, I'm going to diddle her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's disgusting. Diddling a werewolf. A werebear. I mean, what would happen if she transformed when you were mid-diddle? Are you losing that hand? Probably. Depends where it is. (laughs) And a little bit of boinking. So she's already on to him, and she's like, 
yeah, I don't usually go out to guys because they just want to fuck me. Why are you any different? And he's like, oh, no, I I, uh, I fell in love with you up there, you know? Uh, this isn't me. I don't normally act like this. And she's like, oh, really? And then he, like, takes off his jacket and his glasses and everything. That he's The stupid disguise he's wearing. And, like, the condoms, like, fly out of his shirt pocket, like, onto the table. Numerous condoms. Not, not, not just one, but, like, a package. It's a shower of prophylactics. He's like, it's for my massive dong. Yeah, he's like, I need 11 of these just to start with. Get ready for my diddling tool. Oh, God. <laughs> Stop with that. I'm going to make this progressively worse as the show goes on. Stop that diddling thing. <laughs> well, well, she calls him out on his bluff. She fucking goes to open up this thing because he's saying, oh, no, it's bubblegum. It's American. You wouldn't understand. So she goes to put it in his mouth and he rips it out of her hand and ma- fucking sticks it in his mouth. <sighs> Yuck. His friends are in the background, like, disgusted. This is so fucking stupid. Why is this in a werewolf movie? Why wouldn't it be? God damn it, Curion. You make a good point, Matt. And it, it goes on and on and on, and he just chews and chews and chews. It's delicious. And then she's like, blow a bubble. Do you do you think that it was the, the type that had the spermicide in it? Ugh. <laughs> He's just sucking this down. Late 90s, definitely. Or if it was one of them icy hot ones. Oh, d- what psychopath is making icy hot condoms? Oh, they exist. First it's hot, then it's cold. What the fuck? Tingle your dingle. I don't, I don't want to feel anything during the act. <laughs> They're not fun. <laughs> Connor wants to be like he's fucking a corpse. That's the only way he can do it. <laughs> cold as ice. It's like, ah, it's cold. And now it's burning. I'm done. So, so he's chewing this fucking thing and she's like, blow the, bu- blow the big bubble for me, please. <laughs> and then he goes uh, full Howie Mandel and he does it. Yeah. And he's like, okay, here it goes. And he this man blows a bubble into the CGI condom, and then it flies away into somebody's, like, tea or coffee or something. Yeah, the biker guy. The random French biker. Biker guy. He's just like a body filter. Oh, wait, French Jesse Ventura? <laughs> And because they have to pad this scene out to get the rest of the dialogue out, this guy takes forever to get up and get in his face about it. My goodness, it takes him like 20 minutes to get out of his seat and be like, I'm going to kick your fucking ass, you American prick. I mean, in fact, you could see in the background as they're continuing their conversation, him call the waiter over, the waiter pick it up, bring it over to... uh, The guy's name's Andy, by the way. We haven't mentioned that yet. There's a whole pantomime going on. It's (laughs) really fascinating, actually. The waiter comes over with this fucking limp condom on a spoon and says, Sir, is this yours? Is this yours? And he's like, uh, no. And then the other guy comes up and just rips him out of his chair, and he's about to beat the shit out of him. It's like award-winning background acting. It's it's like that guy pretending to sweep in Quantum of Solace. Like it's <laughs> it's just amazing, amazing work. The guy who falls over without getting hit in Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but. That's the thing, like, we are totally focusing on what's going on in the background. Like, the director was like, okay, I gotta make sure this condom joke really fucking lands, okay? It's gonna be hilarious. I need a lot of setup. The setup, it's worth it, it's worth it. This, this, you know, this Frenchman pulls his, pulls Tom Everett Scott out of his chair and is about to beat his ass, and his friends come up, and this dude pushes both of them away with, like, one hand, like, into a bunch of tables and chairs. Yeah, like a pinky. These two should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> Like, what, dude, he's, the, what the, he's not Superman. Like, come on. So he's about to, like, beat the shit out of Tom Everett Scott, and uh, Seraphine, like, interjects, and he's like, hey, man, don't you touch her. And he headbutts this motherfucker. And then Seraphine picks this guy up and throws him into, like, a bunch of, like, glassware. Is that what she does? Because I see her put her hands on him, but then it just awkwardly cuts to him hitting a table. Yeah, well, it's, like, sped up. Yeah. Why do we have werewolf powers when we're in human form? Yeah, this is 
little suspect. It's like, hey, that 115-pound girl just tossed Mr. Ventura across the cafe. This is what you have questions about? This is the suspect part? <laughs> this is... It bothers me so much. I mean, when I first saw this, like, uh, like a few weeks ago, I was checked out by, like, ten minutes in. Dude, let me tell you, I started this at, like, noon, and when there was only ten minutes left, I said, nah, I'm taking a break. And I played Tekken 7 for about 45 minutes. Uh, and then looked over and was like, fine, I'll finish it. I'm totally with that. I, I, I need something to talk about, and this is one of the points that really pissed me off. I, tu I tried to tune all the other bullshit out. But it was like, we're just flip-flopping all over the fucking place with the werewolf lore in this movie, and it's bothersome to me. It's irksome, because I really like werewolves. There's, there's no connection to any werewolf lore. It's just, it's there, but it's just so scattershot that... Clearly no one gave a shit. No, nobody read a fucking book to save their life. They didn't even watch the first fucking movie. You look at these actors, they're clearly not happy being there. They're so embarrassed. Especially poor Julie Delpy. I mean, she had like... She had, like, Linklater films under her belt, and she's she's doing this. And she took her fucking shirt off in this film. Are you crazy? Yes. Twice. They had to throw her extra money for that, I'm sure. What kind of hard times were you on, lady? I read the interview with her where she said, I did this to pay the rent. Ugh, that's, like, one of the worst things you can say about a movie you've done. Girl gotta eat, I guess. <laughs> or, I, or something, I guess. Unless unless you're Nicolas Cage, and then you do really bad movies so you can buy weird shit. Well, yeah, bless his heart. Jesus, he, he just... <laughs> Yeah, but that man knows exactly what he's doing, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's having the time of his life. Apparently, uh, a, friend of, a friend of mine works for him. Uh, apparently, his house is full of nothing but Godzilla toys and books on the occult. That sounds like my house. Yes! <laughs> I got a bunch of horror movie action figures. Hey, Joe, uh, you want to watch Gojira? Yes, next, Nick, I do. Let me call my son Cal. Um, well, they leave the cafe and uh, they'll go back to her house? Yes, this is where we see Dead Mom. <laughs> No, 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 wait, that's not, that doesn't happen yet, because he, ha he, has, he hasn't been bitten yet, which takes an ungodly amount of time. Damn it. She, uh, she runs off after she throws this dude 100 feet, and uh, Andy fucking chases her, even though she's on a bike, like, keeping up speed, and they, they end up in, like, in a park or some shit, and uh, she's about to kiss him, and then she gets, like, regrets doing it, and she's like, ah, oh, you gotta get out of here, like, uh, I'm starting to fall in love with you, it's for your own good, and she rides off, and he's, like, standing there perplexed. She's met this man for what? Uh, a couple hours? Maybe, maybe an hour and a half. And now she's, like, spilling all her, like, deepest, darkest secrets. And, like, I kind of get where she's coming from because she has nobody. And it's kind of like, I need to tell somebody what's happening. And this guy actually is trying to give me the time of day. Uh, it's just fucking stupid. And then she runs away. And then he goes, they go back to her house, like, looking for her later. And Cloud opens the door. Hey, Claude. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cloud. Oh, you're looking for Zuselfine? Well, she's not here. And he's like, oh, all right. And he's like, no, I love Americans. Americans are the best. Uh, here, take here, here, take this. Come to my club tonight. Club Daloon or whatever. Werewolf club. Here, have some. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Come Club to my werewolf Moon, please. Club. I mean, what? It's Club Daloon. There's no werewolves. What's a werewolf? I've never met one. I don't even... What am I talking about? Get out of here, you crazy Americans. I'm a party animal, you get it? Uh, so they're like, yeah, sure, okay, that sounds cool. Seraphine's gonna be there, awesome, let's go. And, uh, they go to, like, this shitty, like... And now here's the thing. This, a, a lot of parts of this in the original script that, um, Stern had written was supposed to be in the catacombs. So could you imagine, like, picture the subway scene from the first film, but, like, 
in the motherfucking catacombs of France. That'd be cool. It would be dope. It would be scary as fuck. We didn't get that. Even if this movie retained all its stupidity, that would at least be somewhat aesthetically pleasing. So they go to this club, and it has it has very, like, Blade vibes going on here. I want to say that these three are the most hapless, gullible idiots in the planet. Like, everything about this screams a bad idea and something is up, and they're just like, wow, man, puss, and they just go. To be fair, they do go because Tom's like, I gotta go meet Seraphine there. Come on, let's go. Uh, So they get in there, and we quickly find out that, like, Seraphine's not there. And for whatever reason, one of his buddies leaves that leaves the place to go to Seraphine's house to see if she's there. A- Andy's like, ah, oh, she's not here. I'm gonna go check on her house. Maybe she's back there. And uh, Chris, the one guy that he's friends with, is just like, ah, no, you stay here. If she shows up, you'll be here. I'll go check it out. I guess he wasn't feeling the vibe. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. It's just weird overall. Like, why would they split up and do that? Like, why would they do that? At this at this strange club they've never been to with people they don't know. That's in, like, a fucking wine cellar or something? It's in this, like, fucking musky room full of old stone pillars and, like, dingy-ass tables and crappy music. There's fucking hobos in the hallway! It's it's, it's Bram Stoker's Studio 54. It's, like, it's not <laughs> fun. It's oh not a God. fun place. And so, it's some of the partygoers are just, like, they're just for comedy relief, I guess. You got one guy who's got, like, a fucking werewolf hat on or mask or some shit. Like, yeah, there's a furry. There's a furry in there. I guess that's what he's supposed to be. There's there's another guy that that has a ponytail, and I call it out specifically because he's just going around taking drinks from people and drinking them. At one point, he has five drinks. He's trying to drink at once. Yeah. What? what by the way, wasn't those drinks absinthe or some shit? Why is everything green? It's absinthe. Sure. It's got to be if it's in France. I guess that's what they're going for. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I didn't even think of that. What do you got on tap? We have only absinthe. This place sucks. I'm leaving. But like this American dude comes over. He's like Americans. Yeah, that's the guy. That's ponytail guy. Yeah, we do this like ten times in this movie. American? Question mark. I can smell my own kind. <laughs> All this French shit is like fucking making me sick. Like it's like you came to France and then you're like, oh man, I can't. I like like you're so upset. With the fact that you're in France, that you just, you couldn't wait to talk to another American, even though most of these motherfuckers speak English. Stupid! So, do we cut back to, uh, the asshole number two at Seraphim's house? Yeah. He, like, there's no reason for this man to- Exist. (laughs) He goes around the side of this house and, like, kicks a- He, like, lifts this heavy-ass grate like he's gonna break in, like, into the cellar. And he sees Seraphine, she's like in a cage, and he's like, what the fuck's going on, man? And he kicks the thing in, and he comes in, and she's like, get the fuck out of here, idiot. I'm about to transform. Get out of my house. What are you doing here? You're breaking and entering, you fucking fiend. Why are you here? And he fuck. he's like, what is this, some kind of kinky role-playing shit or whatever? And I'm like, dude, what? Just stop, please. So he like unlocks the 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 uh, the cell, and she like comes out, and uh, he's like, "Oh, they're at the club." And she's like, "What club?" And she's like, "You know, the fucking place that Claude invited us to, that Camp Night Moon or whatever." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh my God, are my friend? Hey, they're all in trouble. I got to go save them." And she, and he's like, "You can't go out there, babe. It's or whatever." And he and she like punches him in the face and, like, throws him in the cage and, like, locks him in there and then, like, goes to the club. Uh, I don't know why that this guy's just loitering at her house, too. Like, this should this should bother everybody who walks by. Like, sir, what are you doing? Nothing, I'm just breaking this window. It's fine. Go about your day. But they live on, like, an estate. It's like a giant mansion on however much land. You know what I mean? Right? It just looks like a smaller version of the Adams Family house. Yeah, well, isn't it, like, isn't it, like, on, like, a big plot of land? It doesn't feel like it. I, th- I think? No. No, it's just, like, this little, 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 like, lot. No, it just looks like fucking Boo Radley's house. Like, that's it. 
<laughs> he's hanging out on your porch. It, I mean, I mean, it's implied it's some kind of mansion, so you would think that. They never actually show anyone like walk up to this place. It's like they're either in the property or they're outside of the property. Yeah, or when he jumps out the fucking window later. Oh God. Anyway, uh, so we cut back to the fucking club Moon Town, and the the fat bald guy bouncer guy who's not even a werewolf. He's just like the Renfield, like locks he's, locks everybody in with like this big fucking board. He's the heavy. The heavy for some werewolves. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, they're in the club and uh, Seraphine manages to get in before all, all of that happens. Like, he boards up the place and she finds Tom Everett Scott and she's like, you have to get out of the fear of this werewolves. Come on, you're in trouble, danger, go. And um, she, like, runs him out into the catacombs, I guess. Something like that. Like, it's by the sewers or something. We're in the sewers a lot in this movie, like, underground, and it's very confusing because there's all these holes in all these fucking buildings that we're just like jumping through and it's like okay i guess so they all turn into werewolves and seraphine starts turning into a werewolf oh my god okay yeah um and she's like get out of here tom everett scott and he's like okay we'll see you i'm gonna run down this fucking dark corridor to wherever we see a couple like pre-transformation practical effects and that is like basically the last of any practical effect that you see in this movie there's a little bit of like bladders going on here with like the necks and stuff and it's like oh okay this kind of looks promising and then we full-on cut to uh seraphine transforming and it's just like they hold on this shot of her face and it like in uh in the worst 90s CG. Her neck like cracks and her face distorts and it looks like some shitty fucking beginner After Effects garbage morph. It's, it's a bag full of chuckles, this transformation. Also, I didn't know turning into a werewolf requires your face to turn into a raisin first. Why does she get all wrinkly? I don't know. She like takes her clothes. She doesn't rip out of her clothes. She takes them off. I'm going to step on this. Do we need werewolf tits? Do we really need werewolf tits? <laughs> Twice. No, they're supposed to be all covered in hair. Why Why? Why? Why are they even there? I, I don't know. It's a nice shirt. She didn't want to ruin it. She's going to go pick it up later. She takes her fucking pants off, too, though. Good pants, too, Joe. Come on. Come on th- those, are, those are a boutique item. <laughs> <laughs> Almost positive I saw werewolf beaver. I don't I don't know, man, but them sweet, soft gams turn into these fucking backwards, cracking fucking wolf legs. Then we get a full frontal fucking garbage wolf shot. This thing looks so fucking awful. It looks like a bear with, like, mange. Yeah, Actually, that's pretty accurate. It looks like a bear with a hit, like like with fucking uh, ah shit, like with some kind of fucking disorder. Uh, not only is this like one of the worst werewolf transformations I've ever seen, these are like the worst werewolves I've seen. Oh, they're bad looking. You know what they look like? They look like the in what we do in the shadows when Jermaine Clement turns into a cat, but he can't get the face right. <laughs> That is exactly what these things look like. I'm trying to... F- I, I, I tried... I was trying desperately to figure out where I've seen these fucking monstrosities before, like, in... They, they, they're they similar to the lichens from Underworld, but even those have, like, a bit of an intimidation factor to them. The lichens look way better, to be fair. Yeah, oh, no, yes. way better, but that they kind of... They actually look like wolves. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, go figure. Imagine werewolves looking like wolves somehow. <laughs> these also look like the trolls from fucking, um... <sighs> Shit, Willow. Oh, God. Yeah. Kinda. Blech! They're like gorillas. They look like apes. Yeah, which is strange. Like ape lions. They don't look. They don't look dog-like. They don't look. They don't look wolf-like. They don't look dog-like. You said bear, but like it's a little bit. Like I don't know what this design is supposed to be doing. Like a skinny bear. Skinny bear. It, they're like Lupin Wolf. Actually, Lupin Wolf looks better than they do. 
Yeah. Lupin Wolf looks better than most werewolves. Yeah, yeah. The only thing these look better than is the werewolves from Warwolf. You know what the biggest problem is? Your predecessor has this benchmark of like some of the best effects yeah transformation not only the best werewolf transformation but the best the best like special effects like ever yes okay and that's that's my point of confusion like the, the previous movie was a practical effects achievement why did you just kick that all to the side? Because it's the 90s and this is cheap. Exactly. And like I was saying before, like Tony Gardner was supposed to do the effects for this. And he was so psyched to do werewolves because he wanted to take, you know, everything he learned from Rick Baker and kind of like do an homage to that. And they were going to do a little bit of CG, but only for like running sequences. Everything else would have been practical effects. Yeah. Which would have been, uh, uh, it could have saved this movie. I mean, there's still a lot other a lot of other things that are bad about this film, but at least if the effects were good... Uh, you, you could be like, all right. Yes, yeah, something we've learned in this journey is that really good practical effects can actually save a movie from being anywhere between mediocre to not quite so good to just outright terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, look at Mosquito. That's a perfect example. I mean, that's a movie that the effects make that movie way better than it has any right to be. If the Guyver movies weren't full of awesome special effects and ridiculous Power Ranger-esque fights and graphic violence, they would just suck. So they eat people off screen. Brad dies. Oh, yeah, Brad gets it to the fucking mouth. <laughs> you're just fucking casual. You're, you're also introduced to the first time how uh, every lamp in this fucking movie is like a Castlevania weapon. Every time it hits the ground, it explodes. <laughs> yeah, why are they all walking around with miniature firebombs? I don't know, but th that's just what happens. They're all like fucking kerosene lamps from fucking 1776. Yeah, because Andy smashes his to get away from Seraphine, and then... Brad is killed by another werewolf that you might think would be Seraphine. Um, and then Andy is attacked uh, by another werewolf, and he stabs it with, like, a fucking piece of a fence or some shit? Yeah. Yeah, like a, like a spear. Like a Jason Lives spear. Yeah. Except nothing was resurrected. He goes through, like, a gate as this werewolf's chasing him, and it, it basically just pushes the gate down, no problem, because it's a fucking werewolf. Which is another fucking problem, because this is the same state as the fucking uh, cell that we just saw Seraphine in. So the door could have been fucking broken down, no problem. Right. Yeah, they're, they're kind of all over the place with their werewolf logic. And powers. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm all into the idea of werewolves being super strong. I like that. But, like, when it's not consistent, it's like, eh. It's just, it doesn't, because it doesn't work. Right, and It's like, right. what the fuck are you trying to do? You gotta pick one. Yeah, pick one. Exactly. Make a choice. So, uh, Andy runs down this, like, other nondescript hallway that's in some kind of sewer, uh, gets cornered, and crawls into an itty-bitty little drainage pipe. And then Andy had his Shawshank redemption. <laughs> And then it was over. Yeah, he's crawling through this fucking pipe. And let me tell you something. This werewolf bites him in the leg. He's not getting away. He's getting pulled right the fuck back out. He's going to bleed to death. Oh, with any normal werewolf, yes. But with these werewolves, yes, you get away easily. Yeah. This werewolf just quits. He's like, nah. <laughs> I'm good. I got a taste. I'm good. Too gamey. I don't like your American beef. I'm good. <laughs> um, and then he gets to the end where there's some, like, bars over, I guess they said, the drainage. And this thing was, was fastened on by somebody who just wanted to punch out and go to lunch, I guess. He just pushes it off with minimal effort. <laughs> Has, did, did he already imbue the powers? Because it only takes a couple hours, apparently. I, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I, I think the implication there is because Andy, he, he breaks out, and then he looks at the moon, and he blacks out. I, the way I read that, and again, much like earlier in the film, I could just be totally off base on this, but I guess he turned into one there, or did he just 
blackout from the blood loss? Like, what's the implication there? I would go with blood loss. Both. Yeah. Because whatever. Yeah, both. Uh, I we skipped over the part where fucking um uh Slater gets out of the fucking uh the jail oh, cell God. by fucking throwing his clo- taking his clothes off and making a fuck and like hitting the <laughs> key off the wall. Somehow this was more ridiculous than Adam getting the fucking tape recorder yeah. and saw. Yeah. And then like he so he gets the key and he like pulls his clothes back because the key like drops off the wall and he opens the thing and he gets dressed. And he goes over to this bed that has, uh, it's like this medical bed, and he, uh, he like, throws back the curtain, and there's a fucking werewolf, a, a fucking paraplegic werewolf in bed. Yeah, a werewolf that had all the hospital equipment in Paris. That's where it went. <laughs> that's <laughs> So that's where it was. She just, uh, you know, Seraphine kept coming in every day, taking little by little by little until they had nothing left. Someone's like, we're out of catheters. I don't know how this keeps happening. <laughs> she got those werewolf powers. When you're not looking, she runs like 100 miles an hour. <laughs> No, it's probably like their inventory guy got fired and just hadn't replaced him yet. Fire Pierre again. He fucking lost the heart. <laughs> again, like he's been rehired and fired <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> previously. <laughs> Give me another chance, please. This is your final chance. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Sl- Slater. <laughs> <laughs> Slater gets chased by a-, a werewolf strapped to a hospital bed. I think this is the only practical werewolf in the whole movie. Yeah, well, because they were like, all right, how are we going to do this with CG? God, I would have loved to see that. And you don't even get a good look at it because they constantly cut back to the underside of the bed because it's now tipped over and he's right and basically you see him backing away from it you rarely get shots of this thing up close yeah this thing's like crawling towards him and he like jimmies the handle on this uh door that like the door handle's broken and like it's a bunch of this like phantasm tall man blood and like little vials (laughs) he this fucking werewolf's crawling after him and he like climbs up the shelves and then like hops on the top of the door and then jumps over the bed and then escapes out the window. Sure. Yeah, and that, that, that slick downward incline attached to the window, he just bounds right up it, which I thought was actually was pretty impressive. Then it cuts to the next morning and, like, Tom Everett Scott's, like, in a bed. Not just any bed. Uh, whose bed is it? It's Seraphine's. It's Seraphine's mom. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, maybe. Look, I know you're a werewolf, but why the fuck aren't you cleaning your house? There is cobwebs all over the place. Yeah, what is with creatures of the night and they're just their their habit for keeping houses that are covered in dust and cobwebs? Because they're always out of the house. They're never home. I must maintain <laughs> my spooky aesthetic. They're always out, you know, doing like spooky shit. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about this with House of the Dead when they they go into fucking uh the the. the Conquistador's fucking lab. The guy's oh, still yeah. doing experiments, but it's covered in <laughs> dust and fucking dirt and shit. Yeah, right? The, the blood is from, like, fucking 1356. Right. Still got moving cells. It's an aesthetic, and it works. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, it, it's supposed to look creepy, but instead you're just left saying, eh, it's unrealistic. Clean up. And we're getting obnoxious, obnoxious uh, fly sound effects uh, kind of booming over the rest of the audio. Was that supposed to be like, that's my senses that are heightening? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. He got his fucking... He got a spider hearing or something. When the screenwriters were writing, they were like, what's that werewolf movie that came? Oh, Wolf with Jack Nicholson. Remember his, his senses are like heightened or whatever? Let's do that. That worked, right? I guess. Here you go. But let's put our spin on it. We'll make it funny. We'll make it dumb. Yeah. We'll make it shitty. Uh, So we cut to Seraphine downstairs who I, I, I guess just takes human hearts and sticks them into blenders and drinks them like they're a fucking V8. Yeah, it's delicious. Why do we have to eat human hearts specifically? I don't remember anything in werewolf lore that said like you have to eat only human flesh like I was pretty sure you could just kind of go about your day like I think I'll have some celery just eat yeah, anything. Yeah, literally anything. I, I I think, and you know, correct me on this if I'm wrong. I, I want to say there's some werewolf lore, and maybe it's not consistent. 
I'm, granted, I'm taking this from fucking Elder Scrolls, so shoot me now if this is totally <laughs> off the mark. But I'm pretty sure there has something to do with, like, you're able to subside the urge to kill if you are, are eating a human heart. There's some bullshit. I, I don't have Wikipedia in front of me. I can't remember. That checks out. From what I understand, in, in deep, like, European lore, um, a shapeshifter is also kind of... Uh, lumped in with like a vampire and the way that you're supposed to cure your... Oh, so a zoonoid. (laughs) (laughs) The way you're supposed to cure yourself of vampirism or um, uh, you know, lycanthropy is to eat the heart or make an elixir out of the heart of a dead um, of the you know of a vampire or a werewolf. I mean, that's that's legit. Right. Um, And and that's uh, something that happens in this film, but all the other heart eating doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm reaching for straws here. I mean, again, you know, from what the little bit I remember, I could be totally off the mark, but what you're saying makes or sounds like way better than what they actually do in this movie. It's like never explained. It's part of the original script was the whole heart thing where, but it was only the part where the heart needs to be destroyed so that he turns back into a human. That's it. Right. I could see that. Is this present at all in the first movie? I don't think so. No, not at all. No, you. There is no. There is no cure. You die. That's the cure. Yeah, that that that's kind of a major plot point of the movie is that he can't be cured, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the, the he's supposed to die. You it's weird that you would kind of live in the lore of the first movie in that like your victims come back from the dead uh, and kind of you know haunt you, but then you just kind of also then pivot and shittle over it and just kind of come up with this ridiculous plot device they do it like once in this movie with dead mom this yeah this is also a huge problem because you're supposed to be haunted by the people that you kill not you don't you don't just see fucking dead people all over the place that's right because his friend wasn't killed by him no and he's like mad about it he's like guess what i'm stuck here until that werewolf who killed me is dead now i'm gonna bother you all day why wouldn't he go bother the other guy well he would probably have to get in line Right? So so these werewolves have to bear all of these people just, like, haunting them? <laughs> just, just just fucking badgering them all day? Yeah. Well, that's that, that was what was so... That was a great gag about the first... Not only was it a great gag, or used for good gags, but, like, it was cool because it drives the character kind of insane. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it gives, like, you know, that little thing called character development. Oh, yeah. Which is a great little thing that, you know, some movies do it. Uh, this movie did not. <laughs> Because Jack in the first one's like, listen, David, you got to kill yourself, but I don't want you to kill yourself because you're my friend. And everybody else is like, fuck them, let them die. We want to, you know, we want to move on. Yeah, the one guy, he's like, I don't like this guy. And you get a couple gags like that, but it's pretty like, it's more or less serious. Like like when Jack's talking to him about like what to do and shit like that. Now let's finish watching this porno movie. <laughs> yeah, he's a friend of mine. Do you mind? <laughs> um. So yeah, Seraphine goes upstairs with this, this cup of blended hearts. She's like, here, it's tomato. Not, kind of, maybe, trust me. She puts this cup down and just straddles him and just takes off her shirt, grabs his hands and puts them on her boobs. I'm like, okay, this is where we're going. It's gratuitous breast for no reason. She's like, are you calm now or whatever? And she, he's like, oh, I'm hard as a fucking rock. Babe, she's like, you must relax. Here is your heart rate up. Damn, he has like three dreams within dreams. Yeah, but they're oh my god, this is this is some of the most poor editing and like segue that I've ever fucking seen in my life because the dreams are so stupid. They're not scary, you know. 
Like, where, as in the first film, like, you get... They're just confusing. Yeah, but you just... They're just, like, scenes put together. It's not necessarily nightmares. Like, in the first movie, like, David's, like, running through the woods and, like, killing a deer. Um, And then he, like, comes upon himself in the woods in, like, a hospital bed, and he's, like, a fucking monster. Or, like, the Nazi werewolves that kill his family. That's fucking scary. This is just him dreaming about the scene that just happened and then Seraphine comes in again and he's like grabbing he's like grasping at boobs in the air he's he's pantomiming uh fueling her up yeah and then and then he wakes up he's like was i talking in my sleep and then she straddles him again and does the same exact thing but this time she takes her shirt off and she's the werewolf and then he wakes up again and she's still straddling him yeah it's very poorly done and and his hands are back on her boobs and <laughs> she's like oh you're having hallucinations and i'm like this is fucking stupid that like it, it all just is just so fucking choppy and like poorly put together so he is as he's still grabbing her boobs she's like i have to tell you something you're a werewolf and he obviously reacts like an asshole um just kind of laughs it off uh and then after a little bit of this banter uh ghost mom shows up who has a british accent <laughs> i didn't even put that together she's not even french okay that goes from the original script um that's supposed to be kessler's girl from the first movie? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious? Yes, the Julie uh, Julie Delpy is supposed to be like Kessler's daughter. You're fucking kidding me. Not at all. Why are we doing that? That's why they throw in the the British accent for apparently no reason. It's because they had this whole backstory written for this character that they never followed through with because these people didn't know how to make a movie. Nobody has a fucking backstory in this movie. Everyone's just kind of a hollow shell to move things along. Yeah, that's Kessler's daughter, apparently. And, like, that's Kessler's wife. That's fucking stupid. Or not wife, but, like, girl. Like, the nurse girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh wait. So you, so you are telling me that David Naughton had sex with the nurse in the first one, and she is the spawn of David as he... And that's why she's a werewolf? Yes. Fuck this stupid movie. <laughs> This movie literally takes a shit on everything good that the first movie did, and this is a major part of that. They they have this they have this thing. You could have made a really interesting movie about, you know, werewolf kid. Uh, I never met my father, and he was a werewolf. Blah blah blah. Yeah, or someone who like a werewolf via a werewolf via birth. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing. But no, we get this. You know, it's just shoehorned in here, and it's like, why even bother? Like, you don't even follow through with it. It's just kind of fucking throwaway. If the movie was more clever, I would say, oh, it's a nice little wink and a nod to the original, but there's nothing clever about this movie. Don't need it. But during the nod, they, like, bang their head on, like, a fucking piece of, like, steel shelving or something and just knock themselves out. They hit the Eiffel Tower is what happened. Uh, so, yeah, he, uh, Ghost Mom appears, and, uh, it, I can't remember how exactly this goes down. Oh, he sees her in the mirror. That's right. No, she just moves, and he looks at her, and he's like, oh, my God, a ghost! And then he jumps out the fucking window. And survives again. Yeah, into like this picturesque, this picturesque huge backyard, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I was saying I didn't know where it was. And it's like one of those gags where like he jumps out the window, but he's out of the bushes in like the next frame. You, like in the next second. Like that was a stunt guy and here's the real guy running out of the bushes. Yeah, and then a uh, passerby walking his dog sees him and he's like, Puh, Americans. Which is a recurring gag. There's also a quick scene thrown in there where... Uh, Chris is basically throwing rocks at the window while he's still in there saying, ah, you got to get out of there. There's a monster in the basement. <laughs> a mutant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, when Andy jumps out the fucking window and runs away, Chris is like behind the hedges, like trying to chase after him. And Claude comes up behind him and is like, ah, American boy, you're not going anywhere. Is that what happens? Yes. Yeah. And he kind of like, I mean, yeah, you know, lie to me. I don't care. Guess he's got that werewolf strength. So Chris can't get away. Oh, that's right. And they like tie him up or whatever. 
They put him in the fucking French dungeon. Oh, that's how he gets there. Okay. But yeah, so you shouldn't be fucking seeing ghosts of people that you don't kill because it's fucking stupid and confusing. Yep, because here comes Brad and he's like, I'm dead and it's somehow your fault. I'm going to be angry about it. Grr. Wait a second. This is where we're eating. We're, we're fucking at a restaurant. This fucking scene where he's eating the steaks. First, for, for, there's a scene with Andy after he runs away and he, he goes back to the club and there's this, all these fucking dead bodies. There's a cop holding an arm because at one point when uh, all the people were trying to escape the club, the, a guy sticks his arm through like the peephole and, and fucking the heavy makes fun of the guy as his arm gets ripped off. Oh, that's right. Yeah. By the way, right, yeah. those props are entirely different. Like the arm he catches is like cut off the elbow. And if this is the same arm, it's like a full arm and the shoulder. I mean, it could be a different arm, but I think the implication is that it's supposed to be that arm. But I don't know. I know. I was like, leave it alone. He's regrowing. Yeah, they're like fingerprinting him. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, he, like Andy straight up just like goes under the fucking police tape and starts like walking around this crime scene and no one's stopping him. Nobody stops him. He's a tourist. Just uh, No, yeah, well, yeah, he's like a tourist. But like the cop like wasn't trying to restrain him at all. He's just like, hey, buddy, where you going? And he's like, my friend's down there. <laughs> Stills! <laughs> oh, no. That's who's down there. That was whose arm that was. That was oh fingerprinted. Damodar's a fucking uh, vampire. Vampire. A werewolf. Oh, man. Can you imagine a werewolf with his big old pimple head? <laughs> <laughs> He's constantly transforming, but never turns into anything. So, And then he, he uh, threatens people with very overly complicated sentences. Um, and so then he gets taken to the police station, and the only gag I kind of laughed at is when this, this inspector lady is like, Mr. McDermott? And he's like, it's McDermott. Uh, also, this woman's British as well in this scene. Yeah, I think. Is this the same actress who is, um, uh, what's her face in Men in Tights? Who? Uh, uh, Maiden Marion's uh, friend whose name escapes me. Oh, Broomhilda? No, yes. No, no, okay. No, no, no. no, this, but this woman in particular is like British in this scene. And then later she's French. And then she turns German. <laughs> Um, it, and I was like, "Is that the same woman?" She's from everywhere. Yeah, well, she's like, she's like the, she's like the police chief there or whatever. I love when she's like, "Are you on drugs?" And she's like, "Tested for drugs." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> and they like, and they like walk him out of the fucking room. And then the next fucking scene, he's on the street. And I'm like, "How did they just let him go?" She said specifically not to fucking let. Oh no, that's later. Anyway, she she tests him for she, she they test him for drugs and then the next scene he's out on the fucking uh he's out on the town and then is this where he goes to the fucking all you can eat steak dinners? Yeah, he he he, does, he stands on a bridge and looks like upset and then a dog humps his leg and then he's out to dinner. <laughs> oh yeah, he has like that sensory scene when he's like, I can hear the wind and the ocean and a heartbeat of a fucking flea, and it's like okay. And then, the, and then that all breaks seriousness because, and then a dog fucks his leg. Yeah, he's like John Travolta going clear. <laughs> he's like freaking out. He's like, oh, Zenu. <laughs> yeah. Then he goes to the uh, the the restaurant where he he disgustingly eats a piece of meat. Here's the thing, too. Like, I don't want to keep talking about the first one because I just want to watch that instead. But like, it's hard David, not to. Yeah, but like David, like he that whole scene where he's like, huh, not I'm hungry, but I'm not hungry, you know, kind of thing. And this, he's like. Oh, I'm eating raw meat because I'm a wild animal or whatever. Lay off me, I'm starving. <laughs> Becoming a werewolf also turns him into a piece of shit. Like, he's like, I said bleeding, never mind, brow. And just, like, takes a bite of this fucking, like, disgusting brown-looking piece of meat. He, he, uh, he goes feral, and I'm waiting for the fucking leg to come up scratching his ear. Or pissing on the table or something. Yeah. So this chick walks in. 
in this like skimpy dress. Oh god, this woman's the worst, by the way. Oh, this is the most insufferable character in the entire film. Is this uh, the one from Modern Family? Oh my god, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize it's Julie that. Bowen. Oh, shit. The fucking mom, right? Man, she is insufferable in this film. She's insufferable in most things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's just fine in Modern Family. That show's good. So he, like, all of a sudden his fucking, like, testosterone jacks up and he's, like, his fucking nostrils flare and he's, like, smelling her stink or whatever. He Well, for, well, he, like, gets on all fours. I don't know how this goes on as long as it does without being, like, escorted out by somebody right he runs on all fours across the fucking restaurant and then gets right up into this girl's butt crack and just sniffs takes the biggest whiff yeah he, he goes he goes full looney tunes wolf <laughs> yeah basically uh, t- okay look tex ravy would beat this guy to death for what he was doing i'm surprised there's not a fuck like the little like the hot little red or red hot riding hood like cartoon like playing on the fucking tv somewhere in this film well, well, well he scurries up to this fucking woman because she's got a leopard print skirt on and, and she's like freaked out by him and and then he and he starts like giving all these bad jokes like uh she fucking screams in his face she goes american and he's like yup and then she's like oh my god great let's fuck that's basically what's going on here you hit the nail on the fucking head and then cut hard cut and they're sitting at the table together and this woman she's either on quaaludes or she's just been <laughs> drinking all day like i don't i don't get what her fucking deal is but she's laughing at every little joke this guy says and somehow Okay, this is what happened. So they they bring out the fucking dinner. This big fucking, you know, uh, lady in the tramp ass dish with the fucking lid and everything. (laughs) And they take the lid off. The waiter takes the lid off and it's fucking Brad's head. And he's like, he's like, hey, what's up, dude? I got something to say. He's like, every 23rd spring for 22 (laughs) days, it gets to eat. And so, yeah, Andy freaks out and he's like, I saw you die. They pulled you from the river and it cuts back and like his head is a fish. Yeah. So everyone just thinks he's fucking crazy. Well, I mean, he is, but... And he's like, no, monsieur, it came from the ocean. Ha <laughs> ha. And the chick, like, is fucking drunk off her ass and, like, falls out of her seat. And he, like, runs to the bathroom. Is that what happens? Yeah, because that's when Brad... Okay, yeah, this is when Brad finally materializes. And he's like, he's like, I'm dead. I'm angry about it. And somehow it's your fault. You gotta help me, man. You can't die yet. I need your help. Uh, And then he continues his conversation. Some guy walks out of the stall, and it appears as if he's talking to his dick. And it's not really that funny. Like, it's not funny at all. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, you're dead, and I can ask the police about it. And I'm like, that's kind of a strange thing to insert into a gag about someone talking to their penis. Did he get bit by one of those fucking snakes Steve warned us about? <laughs> <laughs> The Crossus is just eating away at it. He's looking for some Sheila's. Danger, danger, danger in the bathroom. Oh no, his diddle tool is falling off. <laughs> oh god, stop with that. He's like Tarantino in that scene in fucking Planet Terror. Where his fucking dick just fucking dematerializes into goo. Yeah, yeah, and then he runs back out into the restaurant. Uh, and for some reason, this is no longer bothering him. And he's like, I'm gonna fuck this American girl. Yeah! He's like, hey, wanna go fuck on Jim Morrison's grave? And she's like, okay, let's do it. And then here we are. On Jim Morrison's grave. He's been chasing this girl, Seraphine, the whole movie. And in the beginning, when they're talking on the train about these sex points and daredevil points, they're like, "Yeah, Andy, you, you haven't fucked anyone the whole time. What's your what's your fucking angle?" And he's like, "Well, you know, sex is sex, but it's not love." And then now, all of a sudden, 
45 minutes later into the movie, he's just like, yeah, sure, whatever, let's go, let's get it done. Like, that's what I'm saying, like, all of this shit shouldn't be carrying over like that. Like, he's like, oh, now I can't control myself because I'm a werewolf. Only on the full moon, though. So he's also being followed by this, uh, very poorly followed by this, uh, this, this fucking inspector character who has a dog. Guy LaDouche? Why the fuck did he have a dog <laughs> in this fucking cemetery? Uh, but you see him at the cafe, you see him kind of when they're out in the street, um, and you see him at the cemetery. Uh, he's not being very subtle at all. Why does he have a dog? I guess it's like his tracking dog, I guess. It looks like a sheep's dog. I'm going to be quiet with this thing that generally makes noise. So they're fucking they're fucking on this uh, on Jim Morrison's grave for whatever reason. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm turning into a werewolf. She's like, oh, my God, you're so hot. You're burning me. Get off. And he fucking runs away and like jumps into a fucking fountain. Oh, he doesn't just run away and jump into a fountain. He gets him and starts running and his body turns fucking beet red. Yeah, it does. And then he looks like Baraka for a second. <laughs> um, so then like she wanders up this fountain and so does the inspector, dude. Kinda. And it like backflips out of the fucking water and like shakes itself off. Kills them both, right? Yeah, but not yet. She fucking runs around and like sprays her perfume in like places to like psych him out. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, she's like, oh yeah, Amy, you know, you really know how to pick the weirdos. Yeah, which is actually, it's actually a pretty smart thing, like if to to confuse it with to get away from it. You can tell she's done this before. (laughs) She's like, oh fuck, I had to run from that werebear in Germany. This is the scene where I was under the impression that he had some kind of like heat vision predator shit going on. No, he was just sniffing around. Yeah, but I mean, if you're watching the movie, it's like every structure basically has like a heat signature on the outside, but not on the inside. And it's just like, I don't know. It's To me, it was very confusing. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It's just a bad filter with gold over it. It's not very detailed. Um, So then uh, this girl like kind of hides in a mausoleum or something. And the fucking dog is in there. Yeah, why? I don't know. And she's like, oh my god, it's the werewolf. And she like runs away. And the dog's like, wait, come back. I'm a regular dog. The inspector dude pops out and he's like, I would like to buy a hamburger. And then uh, like she runs off. (laughs) She runs off and then like fucking Andy's now perched on some kind of building and he just jumps down and mauls her. Uh, And then he kills the inspector and then kills the dog and then it cuts to him. uh, Excuse me. He, he doesn't kill the dog. He fucks this dog to death. Oh, I did not put that together. I blocked that out. He fucks this dog to death because everybody everybody gets killed, and then you hear a yelp from the dog, and then it cuts to the next day, and he's, like, laying on the ground. I was going to say, this this dog was not, like, chewed on, so that makes... Oh. oh, I don't like that. His arm is, like, around the dog, oh, and it's, like, no. flat, uh. and it's flat out. Like, on the ground, like, it's both its arms and legs are, like, to the sides. He's a dog diddler? That's not right. What is what is the joke there? The fucking investigator comes over, the guy that was smoking a pipe that looks like fucking uh, uh, Johnny Steele from Critters. He fucking grabs, <laughs> he fucking grabs uh, the dog by the tail and lifts it up. He goes, this man's responsible for all this crazy shit. Maybe things we don't even, you know, unspeakable things. And this spread eagle-ass dog is insinuating that he fucked this thing to death. At least that was my read on it, because that's what it was insinuating. That's fucking, that's too much for me, man. I hate this movie even more now. Um, how does he get out of this? They take him to the station, and they're like, can you identify these bodies? And he's like, yep, killed her, and yep, killed him. And, um, 
the inspector walks out and the woman's like, God damn it, lock him up. He's a fucking maniac. And he's like, okay. And then we cut back into the inside the, where he's looking at the bodies and the, the, the chick that he killed like resurrects. And she's somehow more annoying. Yeah. Oh my goodness. She's like a Saiyan. Like you beat her in battle. She comes back stronger. But like it's, it's supposed to be like comedy relief and it's just annoying. It's annoying too. Cause you get that fucking ponytail guy that was taking all the drinks. He pops out of the fucking like uh freezer that he's in. He's like, ah, oh, we're trying to get some sleep in here. You, can I rest in pieces, please? And then you just hear a, a cavalcade of characters going, uh, good night, Dad, good night, Mom, uh, good night, Susie, good night, Billy John, uh, good night, Susie. Yeah, I, I don't remember how he gets out of this at all. He just leaves! He just leaves! He just walks out! Yeah, that's the thing, like, the lady's like, the lady's like, lock him up, I want him locked up now! And then it just hard... There's no security in French prisons, I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> it just hard cuts and he's outside, and I'm like, wait a second, didn't they just fucking tell him that he had to be locked up, that, to lock him up? Why the fuck is he free? What is he doing? And he's walking down the fucking road. I, I guess the entire police uh, organization of France is only uh, the people you see on screen when they're on screen. Everybody else is just, you know, there's no one else, really. That they, have like a, they have a strict catch and release policy. <laughs> we have you now. Go. We must chase you. Um, this is the next sequence. I don't know. I don't even know how, how we got here. Uh, is when uh, Cloud is like, join us in our weird world domination scheme. Oh, yeah. Come on, join the fun club, Andy. Come on. It's fun. Yeah, they like grab him off the street and bring him to this fucking like church that's being built. I also have a question. How does being a werewolf uh, free you from the tethers of technological advances? I don't know what this guy's angle is, period. Wouldn't it just be nice to have a cell phone? I, right? Make it a little bit easier. Werewolves can't have phones because when they transform, they transform, where the hell is that phone going to go? They're going to lose it. They can't. You can't dial with a paw. And, and you got to take out a fucking uh, uh, insurance policy with Apple. You know what they gotta do to keep the phone? You know, they, you know, as they're transforming, they gotta stick it between the butt cheeks so when they transform, it's like in there snug. And you know, when, when they when they go back to normal, they just, you know, stick a hand in there and pull it out. Or just, you know, pull a Bruce Banner and buy, you know, big pants. Why not like a stretch waist fanny pack you keep it in? Yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't in the budget. They couldn't do that. <laughs> It's a little 290s for me. <laughs> that would have made this movie all the more funnier. They had the little fanny packs. Like, this is for my stuff when I change. <laughs> all my stuff is in here. This is for my werewolf needles. <laughs> Behold, my stuff. Um, so, yeah, Claude is like, join us. We're going to take over the world. We're going to take over the world as a bunch of werewolves, sort of, kind of, maybe, I guess. That's our angle. I, I would like to note, though, that the movie makes it seem like these people, these werewolves, I should say, have been around this area for a long time doing this. And then the cops are now suddenly onto them, but like they're onto them because of all these murders they've committed, but they act like it, it's Andy's fault. They're like, oh, you're putting the heat on us. It's like, no, you're not. It's all your fucking fault, dude. This is self-inflicted heat. Yeah, and the cops want him bad for whatever reason. And they think like that he committed all these fucking crazy murders. And I'm like, you guys have no leads whatsoever, so you're going to pin it on this fucking American. That's what's happening. Is that what we're doing here? Right, because his friend died on the scene, and it's like, ooh, that's the only lead we have. We're going to go with it. Yeah. Well, he's also the last person seen, and he also killed a fucking inspector, so... And fucked a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that was the biggest offense? The man fucked a dog. Put him in jail. Hang him. Justice for Rover. <laughs> I have no sympathy for this character now that I realize that. Fuck. Uh, not that I had much to begin with, let's be real. I don't have sympathy for anybody in this movie. Actually, I feel bad for Seraphine for having to put up with him. Do you think he ever, like, revealed that to her down the line? Like, in private, like, hey, I got a, I, I got a secret I got to reveal to you. I, You know, I was in werewolf form, I, you know, I, was to I wasn't totally lucid, but, uh, I, I... Listen, I'm just gonna come out with it. I fucked the dog to death, and uh, I'm not proud of it, but I did it. The dog was hot. You cheated on me with the dog? She's like, I think it's time for us to see other people. So, yeah, uh, Cloud is like, yay, uh, I'm gonna make every telephone in the world ring and to signal my arrival. Um... 
Wrong movie. Uh, so he's like, hey, join us. And to do so, you have to kill your friend. Here he is. I guess. I don't know why that's part of it. Why does he have to kill his friend? Why does he have to specifically cut his friend's heart out is what he says. I think it's just there just be- just to be like, oh, I'm the bad guy. I'm going to make you just do something that you absolutely don't want to do. Uh, and if you don't, we're going to kill you because this is a movie. And why are they all wielding scimitars? I don't fucking understand. <laughs> well, it's daytime, man. They're not in full power. They can't just fucking get you with a claw. Yeah, but they also have like this weird religion. Like they didn't have it before. And now all of a sudden, like the last third of this movie, they have like a religious agenda going on. It's like a, it's like a wolf cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cult of the Moon. Uh, I like how they all have like big Kano knives, basically. Uh, and then uh, Andy's like, "No!" And then he puts up like the worst fight ever. Uh, he he hurts no one and ends up getting hurt. The choreography in this movie is shit garbage. Oh, it's terrible. Like his idea of, to fight back is to take the knife and just like start pushing people. Yeah, and he leaves his fucking friend there. Like they're gonna kill your friend, dude. Yeah. Like- <laughs> The other three guys are like, all right, there's three of us. (laughs) Yeah, like, why didn't they just slit that guy's throat the second that Andy got away? They're just like, eh, we'll keep this guy around for fucking future reference, I guess. I don't know. Why didn't they kill him, like, right after? Why, why wouldn't they use him as, like, bait to, like... Because they want, they want this guy, right? So why wouldn't they, like, use him to, like, be like, look, give yourself up or we're going to fucking eat your friend's face off? Also, maybe it would have been easier to get Andy to join if you didn't threaten his best friend and probably just killed his best friend right away and said, like, I don't know what happened to him. They could have pulled a Cartman. They could have killed him, pulled the heart on, and just made him eat him. Be like, yeah, that was your friend's heart. And then he, yeah. that would have been interesting, <laughs> at least. But he's, like, he's, like, considering it at first. Claude's like, you want to join? And he's like... Uh, maybe I think about it. How does that sound? He's like, oh, okay, all right. Can I have until tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Can I sleep on it? Cloud's like, that's very reasonable. Okay. Imagine if he was like John Goodman from fucking uh, Big Lebowski, and like he's like, oh, you know, I I can get hard anywhere. You know, I can get it by two o'clock. Uh, and then Seraphine uh, teleports to the scene uh, with. Uh, she also has a miniature firebomb that she, <laughs> she slams down the ground. Oh, you mean a, a lamp? She kicks the fucking door down first. She fucking kicks it down like fucking Power Man. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Protect you, next starts playing. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. <laughs> um, yeah, then she like she throws, I don't know, a torch, a lantern, something. Uh, it makes a big old fire, and for some reason, werewolves know like fire. She dumps gas down like a fucking hallway. Yeah, and and two of two of Cloud's dudes like fucking go down there, and she just torches them, and I guess they're dead. Well, like what what kind of powerful shit is she pouring on the ground? To me, I would just assume that a little tiny uh, stream of this fire would be going down the hallway, and it would inconvenience them. But instead, a fireball engulfs them. Yeah, right. They should be fucking dead. They should be burnt to a crisp. And they're in human form, and they can only transform during the full moon. That's still a thing. But can they? <laughs> werewolf juice. You can be killed by anything as a werewolf. Like, I thought, like, what's the supernatural advantage of being a werewolf in this movie? This isn't true. Only regular bullets kill werewolves. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Not even a fucking speeding subway train can kill a fucking werewolf. So, yeah, Seraphine, like, t- I don't even remember how we get to this to this ridiculous cockamoony third act. He almost gets captured by them again, but he gets away with this stupid montage of him, like, stealing somebody's car. Well, there's th- they're in the tunnels, and there's, like, this hole in the fucking floor that Seraphine only knows about. Um, and they jump in and they fucking swim to Seraphine's house, I guess. <laughs> what the fuck? Because well, it's on the water now? Yeah, like they live in fucking Venice, apparently. Everything leads back to their house, like underground. <laughs> Seraphine's house is the center of the city. Yeah, that's how the fucking doctor gets out under under the fucking tunnels. Oh, that's right, because this is where she explains the, the uh, intro that I had already forgotten about. Yeah, you, you, you get your plot dump. Uh, and so, okay, so her father was working on a cure... And then, what, accidentally made a drug that can just change you on a dime? Yeah, the Gatorade. (laughs) 
<laughs> Might as well be. Is it in you? So she is a werewolf. And I guess now that it's canon, she is the son, or the son, the daughter of David Naughton from the first movie. She's just a werewolf. Surprise. Uh, she kills her mom and then turns on her stepdad and like eats his legs off. Yes. Yes. And the, that's that's the werewolf man that we saw earlier. Yeah, but why would she just eat his legs off? Because she was hungry. Yeah, but why just his legs? His appetizer. <laughs> she really likes drumsticks. I'm trying to remember, in the beginning of the movie, does she pull him under that grate, or is she just rips his legs off and he's stuck there? You don't see it, like, because the, the cab driver just runs away. So I, I, I guess maybe she just rips his fucking legs off and then can't reach him from that point or some bullshit? And then when she wasn't fucking in werewolf form anywhere maybe she just grabbed I, I don't know it doesn't matter she gave up and just ate the drums so this guy so she she mentions this like in passing like blinking you miss it she's like yeah he invented a serum or whatever that might keep me from being a werewolf but actually it accelerates it or something and you're like wait what we're not out of trials yet and then- <laughs> And then Tom Everett Scott's like, wait a second, so that means you can transform into a werewolf no matter when? And she's like, yep, and then cut. Well, you're in the house, and it's kind of like flashbacks to Tammy and the T-Rex, where they go upstairs, and they're about to fuck, and you hear the car pull up outside, and here comes Claude and his fucking goon squad, and uh, Andy's like, ah, shit! He's like, oh, I'll distract them, you go hide! Or something. And he runs out, and, and uh, he, 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 he's hiding behind this fucking car in the middle of traffic, and he kind of pushes the back of it, and the guy thinks the guy behind him crashed into him. So during the distraction, he gets in this guy's car and starts driving off as Claude and his guys are chasing him. And I shit you not, within five seconds of stealing this car, he causes like a fucking 12-car pileup. By the way, this is like the last time you see this Amy girl. Yes. As like a ghost, and she just drops out of the film. Yeah, she's and there's like gags where she's trying to like whistle for the other werewolf guys. To, he's, she's like, he's over here behind the car, come get him. And she's trying to whistle like blood shooting out of her cheek. And then her fucking eye pops out, and she's like looking at her tits. Yeah, and there's, there's a quick scene at one point where she walks in front of a bus and stops. There to talk to Andy to trying to get him to get hit by the bus. Like, there's this thing where she wants him dead so she can rest, essentially. But, like, did anybody else pick up on this? Because this whole car crash was very reminiscent to the Piccadilly uh, chaos at the end of the first movie. Piccadilly Circus. I didn't even think about that. Like with like with the car crashes and the fucking bus and all that kind of shit. With less style. Not with less everything. I'm just saying. Like it was like a, it was like a stupid homage, and it was just like just like remember that car crash from the beginning with the from the first one. Well, we kind of did that, but it's Tom Everett Scott running away to ska music and then jumping on the back of a trolley. <laughs> Yeah, he fucking runs off and like this is all for naught because Cloud uh, and his friend is just going to the basement and fucking uh, <laughs> murder uh, murder stepdaddy werewolf. Who I don't think gets a fucking name. No, no, he's just he's just stepdad werewolf in the bed. <laughs> that's what sounds in the credits. Stepdad werewolf bed. He raises his hand. He's like, ah, the name's MacGuffin. <laughs> My name is Wolfie M. MacGuffin. <laughs> I want to see the parts from the movie that were cut from his perspective where he's just sitting there like, I wonder what my daughter's doing. He's just fucking counting the floor tiles. He's like, well, here we go again. Why am I in the basement? <laughs> How and why is he still alive? Also, like, it's your, like, if you're so, if you feel so bad about it, why is he in the basement? You have a huge fucking house. At least, like, put him where he can see the goddamn sun or something. <laughs> if he's a werewolf, why isn't he regenerated? 
his legs. That too, actually. Again, the logic's all over the place. Um, and then and then Seraphine like drops some like werewolf biology on us. She's like, every time the moon does the thing and it goes into the cycles, uh, something happens or whatever. And um, he's like, is she Ivanka Trump now? With this fucking accent? I don't know. My fucking French accent's all over the place. I have to I have to be... If I don't do the Christopher Lambert one, I do, it's hard for me to do the French accent. And his accent's weird to begin with. Uh, yeah, I don't know what she's talking about. She does some kind of bibble-babble about werewolf biology and how it works. And isn't Andy like... Does, doesn't Andy go like... Don't they take the cure too? Cloud takes the cure? Oh, yeah. He takes a bunch of it. Like, all of it. And then and Andy's like, I'll do it. I'm like, when has this movie ever given me the impression that you have anything resembling more than half a brain? It's not It's not a cure, though. It, it's it's an accelerant is what it is. That's why it was in the door. That's why it was... Yes, it's werewolf steroids. Didn't he say he wanted to take a stab at it and, like, try to make it into a cure or something? Or am I just reading too much into it? I'm sure he literally said, I'll take a stab at it, because that's the kind of humor we're working with in this movie. I'll take a swipe at it. Is he supposed to be a chemist? What is this guy's deal? Remember he was doing fucking calculus in the beginning of the film, trying to calculate fucking wind speed, velocity, and shit? What is he, fucking Peter Parker? I don't know. Like, what are we trying to do here? Uh, so, I don't even know how the fuck we get to the end of this movie, because it just was, like, a cacophony of bullshit. Um, they come, they stumble across, like, another flyer, like, Cloud, like, leaves a fucking flyer, like, in the basement, like, on top of the dead dad. Like, if you want to find me, I'll be at this party, peace. Yeah, yeah. Wink, come get me, fuckers. It's like his calling card. He has stapled into the dead father. Yeah, on his forehead. <laughs> he's like the Joker. Yeah. And then he's like totally shocked when they actually show up. It's like a 4th of July party or some shit. And Amer- Americans only, it says on the bottom, because he loves these Americans. Go fuck yourself. There's no way. It wouldn't happen. Also, why is this uh, Why is this party being held in the church that Harley Quinn keeps hostages in Arkham City? Like, why? <laughs> I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. They, they, like, they, they just get this bout of religious uh, cultism here. And I'm like, they're wearing robes and shit. Like, yeah, we got, we got fucking, we got people dressed as druids. We got all this weird imagery and iconogra- uh, uh, iconography. Um, Cult of Thorn. Come on. Obviously. Uh... <laughs> Damn it. You reminded me of a slightly better film is what you just did. No, dude, I reminded you of uh, Citizen Kane compared to this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. That that movie is like... that. That's like an all-timer compared to American Werewolf in Paris. I would put Halloween 6 on a loop on my computer rather than sit through this one more time. I'll take it. So they... What the fuck are they doing at this party? They, they, they show up to the party, and Andy gets in there. Basically, he's trying to... F- his whole angle is he's trying to find his buddy Chris and also to kill who he thinks is the one that bit him, which he, I think he thinks it's uh, his girlfriend, but it might be Claude. He's not totally sure, but that's why he's going. Meanwhile, uh, Seraphine's like basically climbing the scaffolding to get on the top of this church while fucking the heavy guy is outside with a uh, tractor or some shit up against the wall of the door. For what reason except what, I mean, she, she it, it serves kind of a purpose, I guess, but what the fuck is she doing up there? Why did she climb all the way up there? Uh, yeah, I guess they get the sneak attack on him, but... To get the drop on this fat man? I don't get it. She's got to go fight what's-his-face from the crow. <laughs> what's-his-face? The guy who likes to steal swords. Top dollar. Um, And then she's like, 30 hours of pain, and throws uh, Andy off the top of the church, and then the movie's over. <laughs> I wish I wish that's what happened. Yes, yeah, so, so, so they're locked inside this church, uh, you know, unknowing, and the cops show up at some point and they're in there and they're looking for Andy because they just assume that he's going to be going to this thing and uh 
he's in there and he he runs up and unplugs all the music and starts like going, "Hey, people, you know you're in danger. Just, someone's gonna come out and kill you." And everyone's just like, "Uh, uh yeah, get him a body bag." The fucking delivery that Tom Everett Scott is giving in this scene is so piss poor. He's like, come on, everybody, just, you gotta go, there's a monster coming. Who is he? What is he, Terry Funk? Your mother's a whore. Might as well be Gunnar Henson at that fucking point. Uh, can everybody please exit in single file? Uh, you're in danger, there's werewolves. Uh, don't you know there's werewolves in the church? Can you leave? Now, now someone get me a chainsaw so I can just stand here and spin. The only way to kill a werewolf is a chainsaw. It's been 25 years since I held one of these babies. It's been 25 years since I've tangled with a werewolf. Anyway, so the cops come and they tap the bald guy on the shoulder and he's like, Hey, hey, do you have a permit for this building or whatever? And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, talk to the boss guy inside. They're like, okay, let's go inside. And then everybody goes, all of the cops go inside and he's like, <laughs> fucking morons. And then he like parks a fucking bulldozer in front of the door so they can't get out. So I think, yeah, inside the party starts to turn into more of a werewolf party, a werewolf party. Um... And then, like, there's people who are handcuffed to, like, druids or some shit? No, so so the druid dudes are... I'm not gonna call them a fucking druid. That's an insult to druids. The werewolves come out with these goddamn cloaks on, and Claude takes it off like he's about to give some, like, fucking speech for the ages. Instead, he just... He sees uh, Andy, freaks out, has a bad line or two, and then these other people pull fucking syringes out of their sleeves, and no one reacts! And he's giving some kind of speech like... I love all you Americans. You are the best. You all taste delicious. Okay? Have a great time. What did he say? Yeah, whatever, man. Where's that absinthe or whatever, you fucking Frenchie? Where's your licorice liquor? Where's your baguettes? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see a single baguette in this movie. It's a fucking crime. Gotta try this bread, Michael. (laughs) Join us, Michael. Baguette. Uh, So, yeah, people start turning to werewolves. Some people are getting eaten. Uh, somewhere along the way, doesn't Andy kill the werewolf who kills Brad? Yes, yeah, so, so as, as Andy is trying to, you know, stop this, he gets arrested, and they're trying to escape, and then he sees Chris get lifted on a fucking cross, because I guess, he's Chris, he's on a cross! Yeah, <laughs> Christo on the crossy. Uh, it, it, it's so stupid! <laughs> the werewolf start attacking, like you're saying, but the reason why they're handcuffed is because the cops arrest them, and then they transform, and then those cops are just... Pretty much fucked beyond belief. Yeah, you're handcuffed to a fucking bear. A bear in my church. And then, yeah, like you said, Connor, he does shoot the one that, that transformed him. Yeah, Andy, Andy like, gets someone's gun. Yeah, like, twice, and he's, like, trying to kill Cloud. Or no, he kills the one that... He kills the one that, uh, that killed his buddy. He shoots the shit out of this werewolf, and it just dies. Which is fine, because, like, in the first one, they just shot him with regu- regular bullets. It's fine. Um, but in that regard, if you do any... F- serious physical damage to these things in wolf form they should die right they'll die yes okay okay so let's just we're gonna stick with that <laughs> so, oh, we're, oh we're gonna put a button in that yeah 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 we're gonna put a fucking big old thumbtack in that one uh so he shoots the shit out of this fucking werewolf and it goes down and then they like cover the body for whatever reason and a bunch of like backup shows up and then seraphine like throws a fucking stone over the... We forgot to mention that, but she, like, throws, like, a fucking grotesque over the fucking side of the building and, like, crushes the bouncer guy's head and then pulls him out of the seat and, like, drives the bulldozer through the fucking doors. And then, um... 
all, a bunch of the patrons that are there run out, and then some of the cops run in. Why didn't she just take him out of that and just break his fucking back? I don't know. I don't, why did she even let him close the door in the first place? Because then you wouldn't have the third act. Yeah, but you're... Cl- yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> you mean the back half of the film that basically covers all of the fucking bases? What is she doing up on the fucking roof of this fucking place? Why? Just to do that? They gotta keep the Batman jokes consistent, you know? She was gonna bungee down, but she fucking tripped. (laughs) She's gonna bungee down, snap his neck, and then pop back up unseen, but, you know, she's a little clumsy. That was part of the plan, like, Tom Ever Scott was gonna get, like, escorted out by the police, and she was gonna bungee jump and, like, grab him and, like, pull him to the top of the fucking tower. Yeah, it's gonna be like Mo when he saved Homer from getting beaten up in the boxing match. She's gonna fucking come down and grab him. I'd maybe love this movie if that happened. (laughs) So, uh, so, yeah, so, um... So Cloud like goes into the um, the catacombs or whatever you want the basement, whatever you want to call it. Sewer, where this movie belongs. Yeah. <laughs> so the cops come in and the backups, and now now the chief has gone full German because she's like, "Where's the, what's happening in here? Well, why is all the people doing these things?" She's got this like bumbling idiot cop with her. He's like, "Come over here, I want to show you something underneath the underneath the the, the cloak here. It's a big animal." And he pulls it away, and it's just a fucking dude with bullet holes in him. And she's like, "Yeah, great. It's drugs because there's like a syringe next to him. Testing for drugs. <laughs> yeah, testing for drugs. I like how their their little syringe thing look like fucking web shooters. Kinda. Um. So at some point, uh, Seraphine gets downstairs from the roof. For you know, I don't know what the fuck she was doing up there. Uh, and she also transforms and she starts fucking fisticuffing with werewolves. Yeah, she beats the piss out of Cloud in like werewolf form, and then Tom Everett Scott shoots the shit out of her. And I don't get the part of this because it's just like, did you think that she wasn't gonna win? So you think that's Cloud on top of her? Yeah, yeah, really. I, I, I just don't think he can tell one werewolf from another, so he's just shooting at anyone he runs into. I mean, hold on. In, in all fairness, could we? No. Because it's the same, it's the same model. But like, I don't know. That's a hell of a risk. Just fucking blindly shooting one of the werewolves, and he shoots the shit out of it. Like he doesn't just pop it once for it to stop. He like shoots it like a lot, and it turns out to be Seraphine. And he like goes over to her, and she's like, "Kill me." Or whatever, and he's like, no, I can't do that. And she's like, eat my heart. He's like, I can't do that. She's like, look, you came close. Just finish it, okay? <laughs> yeah, like, she, she's like lying to him to get her to kill him. To, f- to get him to kill her. Because she's not the werewolf that bit him. Yeah. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, so then, like, Andy runs through, like, some tunnel and Cloud gives chase. Um, and he uh, he gets to a subway tunnel somehow so yeah somehow yeah uh, and then he's he slides down the fucking goonie slide and he ends up on a, everything's connected yeah everything's connected <laughs> those subway trains go back to seraphine's house catacombs it's never brought up again i don't think but the the main cop character that's basically been been interrogating andy and following this case the whole movie he's he's getting chased by a werewolf and he fucking falls into a hole it's the same hole that that Andy and uh, Seraphine went into earlier. I don't know if it's the same location, but that's the hole he falls into, and he's never seen again as he falls into the ocean. He falls down there and he goes, Slime! <laughs> <laughs> it's a river of slime! It's gotta be 50,000 gallons of this stuff! It's the old pneumatic transit system! <laughs> it's all flowing to this spot, Seraphine's house. Yo! <laughs> hey, Ziggy! <laughs> Some diaper bag downtown with the werewolves. Phone lines are over there, dumbass! The old man eating werewolf trick. <laughs> So he's so the Tom Everett Scott like slides down this fucking Goonies uh, cave slide into the fucking subway. Holy shit! Does the effect look horrible on this set? Uh, oh my god! And then all of a sudden, 
you ever see a dog slide down a slide? Because that's what this looks like. The werewolf comes sliding down the fucking slide. I feel so bad for those dogs because they don't know what is going on. No, 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 no. I don't think the werewolf does either. Well, they, they, they cut back to the chaos at the church and all the people fucking escape and Chris runs out with the cross on his back and the one cop gives the sign of the cross. <laughs> that's right. There's no way this guy's carrying this giant crucifix on his back. Oh, yeah. By the way, when that thing fell, like, he broke every bone in his body. Oh, he broke his fucking back. He broke his spine. He's he's paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, spo- uh, spoilers, Connor. He also fell into a portal. Oh, god damn it. I'm not appreciating Dr. Buchanan's stealth approach to fucking with this movie. <laughs> you know, it's the best I can come up with on short notice, Connor. Not even just a portal. Buchanan, like came out of the wall and slipped like an air mattress under him as he <laughs> fell and was like, ha, there you go. Now you're on the rest of the movie. He's, he's like the good-natured Rick Sanchez, <laughs> except he still fucks everything up. Like he's trying to fix it, but it's just not working. So he's like, well, I saved one person. He's the Rick who eats his own poop? Sure, we'll go with that. Um, So yeah, like somehow, I don't remember how this exactly goes down, but like Andy like gets Cloud hit with a fucking subway car. Yeah. Yeah, there's a subway. He, he falls out onto tracks after this slide and then like does a backflip and just as this train's coming and the fucking werewolf slides down and into this train and gets fucking macked by it. Guess what? That werewolf is fucking dead. Okay? Or is it? No, it's not. Somehow. No, it just knocks him out of werewolf. Like, you're not a dog anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's apparently the only way to do that is to take a ton of damage, but you could, you're okay. It's dead. It should be fucking dead from the lo- from the logic that we've been going. Yeah, and like, it like hits him into a separate subway car? No, no, it just hits him. Yeah, he gets hit by it, and then the train stops because of the collision. And the train, like, train eats him. He, like, gets into the train somehow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then, like, he, like, wakes up, and the conductor's like, what the fuck was that? And he, like, looks over the fucking railing, and this thing blows through the front window. And this scene, if this werewolf didn't look like shit, uh, it'd be kind of cool, like a werewolf on a subway train. I, I, I kind of like the idea here. Unfortunately, it's tacked on to another hour and 40 minutes of shit. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't justify anything. It just was a cool visual for about a second. Right. Um, and then this thing gets on the, the train, eats somebody, and then everybody's like, runs into the next car and closes the door. Um, and then like, for whatever reason, he just transforms back into a dude. Because the train hurt him. Again, he took too much damage. It's like he's down to one fucking heart in Legend of Zelda. Like, the beeping's going, and he's, oh, I can't, I can't do it. Let me get, let me get my fairy out, a.k.a. my fucking needle. So, Tom Everett Scott gets up and, like, gets on the train, and, like, they start fisticuffs, and it's, again, it's, like, some of the shittiest choreogra- uh, choreography that I've ever seen. Especially coming off Devon's Ghost. I mean, that movie, as bad as it is, at least the choreography was good. I Dude, they should have hired the guy from the Power Rangers to choreograph this shit. I have a feeling they didn't have a fight choreographer. No, I don't think so. I have a feeling Waller was just like, uh, go for it. Oh, no, that means Scott Buck was on set somewhere. Ugh. Wing it. Here, let's, all right, we'll shoot it handheld and then just, you know, throw punches at him. Yeah, try it out. Come on, guys. Fuck it. Uh, there we go. Fight scene. Done. Ma- movie make it. 101. They have this, like, slapstick moment where the fight breaks out and the fucking needle that Claude has in his hand goes flying comically into, like, a seat and is, like, pointing into the seat. And and then they're wrestling all over the fucking train and all these, pa- you know, passengers are in the other cart basically looking through the glass at it. And you get a couple of, like, military guys or some shit walk towards the, uh, the back. And then in the time it takes them from walk to the front of that train cart to the the spot where they can see what's happening um claude gets the needle and then 
Andy fucking is pushed to the ground and Claude accidentally stabs Andy with it and then he just realizes, oh, I'm fucked. Yeah, well, he does it on purpose. Like, Tom Everett Scott, like, sees the needle and he's like, fuck it, werewolf time and fucking stabs himself. And then um, he ends up yeah, well, he ends up he ends up seeing um he sees this yeah the scar from where he stabbed Cloud. He sees this fucking scar in Cloud's shoulder, and then it's like this awful flashback to the beginning of the movie, and it's like in slow mo, and and he's like, and and the movie's like, hey audience, you remember this fucking scene where this werewolf got stabbed with that fucking thing? Well, this is him. Put it together. Two plus two. All right, back to the movie. Remember that bullshit from 90 minutes ago? Yeah, exactly. We already forgot, and we're editing it. The audience is like, I don't know where I live now, thanks. Finally gonna pull the trigger. <laughs> With my toe. He fucking eviscerates this guy and eats his heart, and then uh, Sim Sim Salabim, everybody's transformed back into humans, and then we cut to Seraphine, like, in... Uh, the ambulance and somehow she's still alive even though she's like riddled with bullets and everybody else has died instantaneously being shot three times except they weren't on the poster (laughs) (laughs) are you telling me she has literal plot armor um so she starts to like ramble on uh she's like oh andy i love you i've known you for a whole day um and uh this fucking emt is like when my name's pierre but okay um and then like she starts to like die and also transform at the same time so he gives her adrenaline to stop her from dying which voila turns out that's what they need for the cure that's what happened yes yeah. couldn't figure it out yeah are you fucking serious apparently adrenaline holds back the the werewolf transformation whereas a sedative actually accelerates it that is fucking stupid it's opposite day yeah no, the, yeah the secret to the cure was it's not a it's b animal tranquilizers i don't carry sedatives <laughs> It's <laughs> tranquilizers. I do have. Um, so then it's implied that she's cured and he's cured. Yeah, but yeah, but like, wait a second. Like the adrenaline. Well, they broke the curse. They're not cured. Just all the all the ghosts are able to rest. Hold on one motherfucking second here. Please explain to me where they explain that this is what the cure is on Wikipedia, right here in front of me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Our fucking Lord and Savior, Wikipedia. Yeah, I, I again. Uh, just watching the movie and then, like Connor just said, reading Wikipedia, that I, I, I can buy it. But yeah, you really got to read into it. Fuck you. Here's here's the thing. This, by this point in the movie, I don't care. Lie to me. Make it up. Just, just whatever. Just get it over with. Fuck this movie. Just roll, roll credits, please. <laughs> well, we're almost there because we've rushed right to the finish line. Uh, we're, we're on the Statue of Liberty and... Fuck this scene. Several moons later, by the way. Yeah, several full moons later. Oh, yeah, right. Wink, wink, wink. We're not werewolves anymore. We're just regular fucking douchebag people. We're regular late 90s assholes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're still daredeviling. So they, so they go to the, the Statue of Liberty and they're like getting married on the Statue of Liberty and oops, there's only one friend that's still alive. Yes, and somehow not in a wheelchair. Other guy. Douchebag number two is officiating. Yes, Slater. Do you? Do you? All right. You're married. <laughs> Get over there. I'm going to marry somebody today, damn it. They have this bad callback to the beginning of the movie where uh, they, they fucking Chris drops the ring and it goes tumbling off the side of the fucking Statue of Liberty, but then both characters, both fucking jump off the side of the Statue of Liberty with their bungee cords. And then he grabs the ring out of midair, puts it on Seraphine. I hate it. And then... And then he fights the Green Goblin. And then... (laughs) And... And then Sarah... And then Slater turns around and he's like, Wait a minute! 
one of your bungees isn't tied up. You know what? Shame on you if you fucking forget the first time, but now you now you deserve it. Especially when you're officiating their wedding. How do you how do you walk up to the same area and attach one but not attach the other? Like I'll come back in a couple of minutes. Oops. Like it takes a two seconds to hook that up. Again, why are we putting these things on these people's legs if we're not tying them off to something first? The other reason why I think this is a callback, and again, you know, could be reading too much into it. I know I do that a lot on this show, but hey, I can't help it. Was the were they trying to imply that that was intentional? Because originally, when he fucking caught her, was just committing suicide. It was just one rope, and he was just like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna embrace it a hug." So of course, I don't need to tie this down. It's a try it again. It's a what do, what do they call that? The, it's a trust fall. Oh, a, a leap of faith or a fall of faith? But why why would she have a fucking bungee cord tied to her then? Right. I mean, again, I, I am probably giving this movie more credit than it's due. <laughs> So instead of splattering on the fucking ground like I hoped, uh, they're embracing. Yeah, me too. They're embracing, and the guy runs to the side. He's like, oh my god, I missed the rope! And he sees them hugging, and he's like, oh, thank god. Is this one of those movies where you just you don't get that last scene that is like the horrible like death that you would have wanted? Like, you know, like the end of Rocket Man, where, you know, the fucking ape, you know, gets in uh, the fucking Rocket Man's tube, and, you know, he ate all the goddamn food, or he made that uh, Mona Lisa <laughs> picture on the way there. He's got no food the fucking man's dead it's, it's kind of like this you know they, they they get bungeed back up in the air and then oh shit we're going down again splat yeah or or if he lets go or if they slip that's it that that grip better be fucking tight and then uh cut to credits and cue bush and then fucking blow my brains out you're welcome thank you this movie sucks it's bad it's really bad just imagine my situation where uh I had never seen American Werewolf in London. Oh. And, and then I saw, I watched it, and then, you know, the next morning we watched this. Oh. And uh, the, the, the tonal whiplash is, uh, it hurt. My neck still hurts. We just did back-to-back episodes of some really dreadful sequels, too. Yeah, this is a, this is a bad movie. This is just, it's decidedly not good. That's like going on a bender and, like, having a blast and then waking up and this is your hangover. Yeah, because the first one's awesome. Oh, yeah, it's so good. It's terrific. I loved it. It's it's really good time. There's nothing good times about this. There's no good fun times here. <laughs> this is just bad. This is one of those prime examples of studio meddling and not taking a chance. And, you know, this guy, this guy uh, was so passionate about what he was trying to make and they just brushed him to the fucking side and this is what we got this is what we deserve for that treatment really i don't even know how much fucking money this made at the box office couldn't have been that much it might have broke even oh i i have it right here it it made a million dollars more than its budget its budget was 25 million it made 26.6 million uh and i also pulled up just for shits and giggles i pull up anthony waller's filmography take a take a guess at how many films he's actually done i think it was four Right? Three. It is five, and between Mute Witness and American Werewolf in Paris, there was three years. Between this and his next movie, there was three years again, and then he made nothing for eight years. Good. (laughs) And I I honestly... I feel bad for uh, Tom Everett Scott with this movie, because it kind of ruined him. Uh... Before this one, he he was like he was pretty amazing in uh, that thing you do. Yeah, he was uh, the Tom Hanks movie. Like he's like really good in that. And then he did this, and it and he was relegated to like bit parts forever. I mean, they made him fuck a dog. Come on, man. <laughs> 
was it Dead Man? Was Dead Man on campus before or after this? That was after this. Yeah, 1998. Mark Paul Gossler, you're really not doing much there. No, no, no. It's just another stinker. He was in the Race to Witch Mountain remake in 2009. He was in La La Land. You're kidding me. He did have a bit part in uh, La La Land. He was also in Mars Needs Moms. He was also in Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. Um, really? He's also, oh, this is a weird one. In the 2010 Batman the Brave and the Bold video game, he was Booster Gold. I'm okay with that. Going back to uh, Wolves, uh, he also played Henry Baskerville. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> in the uh, award-winning TV show Elementary, which is actually pretty good. He's in 13 Reasons Why. I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. It's a bad show on Netflix by glorifying suicide. Oh, I'm good. With a bunch of unlikable characters who all do terrible things to make you further uh, dislike them. And then the main character kills herself. Spoilers! <laughs> and then she sends out a bunch of tapes to the people she thinks are semi-responsible, uh, which is super classless and shitty and selfish. Yeah. And people like that show a lot. And I don't get it. But hey, good for Julie Delpy. She kind of, like, left us in the dust and, like, made a made a name for herself afterwards. So hey, good for her. All you had to do was show your boobs in a shitty werewolf movie and yeah. you're on your way. So usually we uh we we kind of rank these movies um about where they are in the dumpster, but we're doing something a little special this month for Trick or Trash and uh we're we're going to compare the uh, these films to pieces of candy in our treat bags. Oh, okay. I'm just going to go for I'm just going to go for the juggler. This movie's pennies. <laughs> This movie is when the fucking elderly lady down the road just gives you a single penny and says, don't spend it all in one place. Bitch. <laughs> Not even a quarter? Here you go. Or or it's the house you get to where it just says, like, no candy buy in, like, a poorly written note. I hated this movie. Uh, this is a bit of honey for me. Uh, it's those hard-ass, <laughs> stale motherfucking grandma treats that you get in the bag amongst all the other good shit. And you're like... This is fucking disgusting, but you eat it anyway, right? Because, you know, maybe it's good this time, and then after you, you sit through the, this hard fucking lump of shit in your mouth, and it finally gets off, and you start to chew it just in case it might change flavor, it gets even worse. So, uh, that's my treat. Or, should I say, trash. American Werewolf in Paris uh, is uh, the equivalent of Mary Jane's Peanut Butter Chews. <laughs> <laughs> Digital fist pump on that one, because that's exactly where I was going with mine. Uh, it's hard to get into. It tastes like shit. Noth nothing satisfying about it. Uh, it's just nasty. It's just bad and bad and bad. No one likes them. Ugh, God, they're awful. Why do they sell them still? Who the fuck is eating these things? 95-year-old people. Yeah, they gotta, they gotta put something in the bowls of the bank, all right? <laughs> I'm going to piggyback off of Matt on that one, because you know I know where they get the Mary Janes. They get them from the motherfucking dumpsters. <laughs> <laughs> they, they dig through the shit on top of House of the Dead. They they, they lift the fucking the, the trap door where I, where I shoved a few other shitty films. I can't remember because there's been so many at this point. And there's the Mary Janes. And they, they take them out and they hand them out to all the evil motherfuckers on the planet and they give it to kids on Halloween. I like how Sean has like a special containment unit for movies he just really dislikes. Yeah, I, I'm like Egon in the fucking real Ghostbusters. <laughs> I got the suit on and everything. I'm floating in there like, oh shit, look out. You have to swipe a key card to get like 30 stories underground to get to it. <laughs> Yeah, we walk into a white castle, and Alfred pulls a switch, and we're in underground. Can I persuade you to take a Mary Jane with you, sir? <laughs> I, this movie's fucking abysmal. This doesn't know what it is, because it, it throws you from... Okay, it, it throws you between uh, really poorly done 90s teen comedies uh, to semi-serious horror stuff, but even the semi-serious horror stuff has no teeth. Uh, it's completely limp. There's nothing about it that's exciting. Um, and then you're thrust back into the unfunny teen comedy stuff, and it's just this this 
just back and forth of terribleness. And they just brush all of the fucking lore and all the stuff that made the first one so much fun right under the rug. Even the comedy is just fall-on-your-face kind of gags, you know what I mean? It's not smart, it's not witty. The first, or the, the, the predecessor to this film, however you want to word that, is just so superior in every fucking way that this movie just is like a mockery of it, and it just... I frequently forget this movie existed uh, before today. Like, I... I I kept forgetting that American Wolf in London had a sequel. Because even when I was a kid, when I saw trailers for this, I was like, that's probably not the same thing. I was excited because I thought it was a sequel. And boy, was I wrong. Even back in 96. So that's it. That's an American Werewolf in Paris from 1997, directed by Anthony Waller. Matt, is there anything you want to plug? Most definitely. Uh, you can find me. Uh, pl- I'm going to plug my Twitter because you can find me there and I'm uh, good times. Uh, the Real Matt C. You can also find me using that name any social media. Uh, I'm the editor at large over at Talk Film Society. That's a little fun. And you can hear me on the podcast places where podcasts are found. Just search Talk Film Society. Awesome. And thanks for joining us today. We loved having you on the show. So that was that was definitely fun. This was both a hoot and a holler. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Follow us at Movie Dumpster on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out our sister podcast, The Phantom Zone, hosted by our very own Connor McGraw. You can find them at phantomzonepodcast.wordpress.com. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. I'm Matt Curione. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. I love you, Americans. What great taste you have. Hang on. Isn't there a little chancy? I mean, this is a movie. Isn't all the creepy things are supposed to stop the earth? It deals with demons. Demon resurrection of those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant but are never truly dead. It's Halloween, gentlemen. Halloween, have you forgotten? They're coming to get you, Barbara. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's a title one gets scared. Trick or treat.